Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com slash radio, and you can get access to over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. day in our nation i i always thought to myself in the past it would be a dark day in our nation when this took place but then nazis fucking marched and then and then something just weird happened the, like it, it somehow produced like this fucking like weird wormhole where like the march of the juggalos somehow brought some levity into the nation and yeah, man, I, I, is it wrong to say that, like, the, the fucking, a class of human being that I never really cared to give any sort of social, like, recognition or right to, somehow, like, their, um, their activism was downright, in, like, it was adorable, like, <laughs> part of it was endearing, it, it, <laughs> like, it, am I a bad person? No, now? in <laughs> our darkest hour, the hatchet man will arise, a new Just... symbol of freedom, hope, and prosperity. <laughs> come on but like, I, ICP for president 2020 also their running mate's going to be twisted with a Z I think that's is that is that an ICP thing twisted 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 T-T-I-D tid okay yeah but like I mean Michigan's been through enough already why can't they have this why can't they have this this hero emerge amongst amongst the Michi- Michiganians. If the, Balrog the hero can the do United it, States it, needs it, but doesn't deserve. Like. Exactly. If Balrog can do it, ICP could do it. Yeah, but like Balrog for president, right? Yeah, I just I'm like at, at some point, like how do they get like how do how do we get the Juggalo JFK to hold like? A fucking can of Fago in one hand and then a can of Four Loco in the other and go, Yo, homie, ask not who you can ride with, but how you ride or die for your family. I don't know. Something to that effect. Did I? They had, Fuck, they, dude. They had a song about chicken something. I can't remember what it was. <laughs> ch- ch- chicken fighting or chicken. I don't is know. Is that not illegal? I mean, it probably no, is. But you know, I think a lot right, of what you, they do is probably illegal. But, like, what's funny to me, and I never really, like, I never understood how this was a real thing, but they were marching in order to protest the classification that the FBI lists, like, a juggalo under. They list them as a type of, like, a gang, and a violent gang at that. And apparently, it's not just a, like, a matter of, like, reputation that, that like has affected them but it's actually affected people from getting jobs uh that like if they're if they're found around rolling like i I can't even picture like a juggalo working like it like i feel like they just they've got like that fucking batman effect where they moonlight 
as real people. I believe but then they're juggalos. I believe on this actual podcast at one point in time, I have said something along the lines of a, a hatchet man tattoo is like a tramp stamp. Like you see it and you're like, I know what this person's all about. So, so, <laughs> so maybe I'm the problem. Maybe I'm the, like the reason why this has happened. I, I've been profiling people with hatchet man tattoos and, and things of that nature. Maybe I need to be you, the one. I, are we, are we ready to extend? Our hands, are we ready to like meet them halfway across this bridge though? I'm like, I'm ready. They were in backyard wrestling to the video game. <laughs> I'm ready to be friends. I I, I want to bury the hatchet literally and figuratively. Nicely done. And thank you. I, I didn't even know that was gonna happen. It just kinda came to me. I mean like, the stakes have never been higher, right? Like Exactly. Like we all have to do our part, right? So hey, good on them for, for doing what they feel is uh you know, a worthwhile thing. And and that, that like the whole gang mentality, that whole thing has been kind of ongoing for a while now. Um I mean, is the RNC not a gang? Is well, like, is the what? Oh, the Republican the Republican. Oh, oh yeah, the, the commentary. <laughs> Zing. Nice. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. I just I don't know, man. Like it's it's been it's been a lot of enlightening, like a lot of enlightening events have personally affected me lately. Like I, all right. So this has just blown my mind away. I saw, I don't remember what program I was watching as of recent, but I I saw like, uh, and then my girlfriend also mentioned it too. Like, hey, like this is a this is a thing, but apparently you can peel the banana from the bottom. Dude, it's so much easier to do it. It's changed my fucking life forever. I only want to peel bananas from the bottom now. Like, hold like that instead thought. Of from... Just a second. Just a se- hold that thought. I'll be right back. Are you going to actually go get a I'm banana? I'm going to get a banana. Yeah, we're going to see what's going to go is, get a yeah, banana. This is happening. Apparently, this is probably going to be. It... Is someone recording this? Because this is going to be on YouTube. <laughs> Sarah peels a banana. The world needs to know. It, it, I'm telling you right now, dude, like. Okay, there's gonna be people out there that that'll fucking preach like gluten free to you till the like they go blue in the face, and it's just a load of shit. But like that same enthusiasm, like that same vigor that they have for life, and like how much it's changed their life. I, I dude, I don't even get up in the morning the same way anymore. Like I have so <laughs> like I have this like newfound respect All right. for how I wake up and how I live. Okay, all right, so you gotta peel it. You just use your fingernail and peel it from the bottom, and then you you almost get to hold it like a chardonnay. You are already doing it weird, wow. but yeah, isn't that so much easier? This is insane. My life, right? Has, my no. life has been changed forever. I don't agree with Dude, this. But okay, but you got it. No, 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 no. You got it. Oh, oh, oh. He already ate it. He already ate it. Yeah, there's the nub that it's at the top. There's the reservoir tip that you have to eliminate. Okay, um, now we're crossing well, a line. I, I I practice abstinence. <laughs> I I don't want to hear about contraceptives on my banana. Thank you very much. What? Hey, eat that banana slower, you, Sarah. Yeah, slower. If you <laughs> stop, <laughs> I can't wait for this to be a video podcast. I cannot wait. I'm sure we'll um, have all kinds of great uh, conversations about apples. The context <laughs> in this conversation has. Has definitely flown off the rails. But I'm telling mm. you, everyone, ladies and gentlemen, if, like, all right, Sarah, how do you feel? Have I have I blown smoke 
like in your direction, or do you feel a for fucking, a hot a second? New man? For a hot second, I thought you were gonna ask if you had blown smoke up my ass. No, I thought that's where that was going, but no, uh, you have blown little bits of my brain out of my nose. Right, it's it's amazing. Like mm. I'll never like. I bet you you're holding your banana almost like a glass. You're holding it like some pretentious <laughs> douche that's like that fucking a drinks bit, Michigan look. Lake water. Yes, yeah, dude. Yeah. You like you can you can toast with your banana. You can toast at parties. It looks like right. a very fancy uh, chandelier at the ball. Right. It's uh, it's amazing. I love it. Everybody, ladies and gentlemen and germs and everyone alike who like. Part uses in in their daily intake of fucking potassium. Do this uh, from now on. I I promise you, you will not regret it. Eat your banana this no way. Regrets. It is it is so good. It is the best. So so we're cannot, so we're here to let everyone know. Look at this. We it's can change like our outlook on life precariously. <laughs> precariously, it's gonna fall. Thing, yeah, right? I, I like it. It's like it's like just like kind of cradled there. Hmm. We can be friends yeah, with jugglers. That- we can eat bananas different ways. We can do this. We'll get through yeah. this. Mm. I, I think, it, dude, it's time for a change. Ambrosia. Like, be open. I love it. But speaking of being open, there's, <laughs> please, there's kind please, of an please, argument. Yeah, please don't not listen to this anymore. <laughs> be open to this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> no, th- this should be an indication you should listen more. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of like. I mean, this shit is bananas. I, Jesus, I was waiting for that like the whole time. Like I, I had it ready in my heart. Like I, I was so guarded. Um, there's, there's something that we do need to talk about though, in concern to like sort of the milkshake duck phenomenon that has taken over the the games industry I'm sorry, within the last more, couple of years. One more time, milkshake duck. Um, so that's something like. Like the kids are saying, what's pretty hip on Twitter right now? You kids it, it's in just... your new terminology, your nomenclature is so new and unknown. I don't like it one bit. I used to drink root beer floats back in '42. Um, I like to say that it is the um, <laughs> I, I it would be the family friendly uh friendly version of like uh what I what I would coin as the Bill Cosby effect, to where see this like, is new too. You take such a wholesome icon and uh. then. You, like something is revealed uh, about their character that is so utterly vile and disgusting and despicable um, that uh, it, there's no going back. They've gone down a road of no return. And that's I want to say that happened. this has been happening a lot lately, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And it's kind of, you know, with, I mean, I guess you, the, the same parallels can apply to Cosby as far as anybody that may have been a fan of the Cosby show or Fat Albert, you know, which, like, I'm here to tell you right now, Fat Albert was garbage. It was never funny. It was never fucking, like, Mm. what are you doing? Watch Scooby-Doo. Like, fucking, anyway. um, But getting back on track, uh, we're here to talk about, like, some of the figures that have recently uh, exposed themselves to be a, a milkshake duck. And... Uh, what exactly does that do for the games or or their involvement within the industry and development? Like, where they may be terrible characters as a whole, how does that in turn affect how we interpret like the art that they produce as a game? 
and and their vision for game design or just gaming or their just their influencer role in the industry in general and it's a very it's a very challenging subject that i think we're gonna kind of run into some walls here but like we're kind of i I think this is going to be a special conversation just because this is kind of gone on enough to where we kind of need to set I don't know. We kind of. I. I. I would be a little self-absorbed to say set a precedent, but we. We do need to set some sort of tone. Like this is a conversation that needs to happen. Um. So yeah, let's go ahead and start the show. Okay. And also, what we'll figure out what a milkshake duck is. Hopefully, throughout <laughs> the episode. And also, okay. why I can see ghosts? No, they're moths. <laughs> okay, they're they're moths. Oh, yeah. There's been moths flying around. There, I have a dead one. Like fucking video. Right video here, brings a whole new level to this show. I just gotta say. Yeah, we. So this we to decided to. Yeah, we've decided to um, experiment, and instead of recording like a press pause video, we're gonna do a podcast. Uh, people may not know it, uh, but we traditionally don't record with video. Uh, we just record it like a phone call. Yeah, we haven't seen each other. So, like I haven't seen people's faces in probably four years. A couple months. Four years. He looks at his watch <laughs> while he does that. My fake watch <laughs> I don't have. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. His bare wrist. No, have one you ever okay, past do, hair. Like, am, am I the only one? If you ever lose anything, or you ever like you check your person for uh for anything, like, am I the only one that still checks? his pockets but then has the reflex to like check his socks even though i stopped wearing socks for like i haven't worn socks in like seven years i wear socks like the only time i wear socks is when i'm either in front of a judge i'm at a marriage or i'm gonna be dead like like at any time it's like a wedding court dead that's the only time i wear socks i i I think i even stopped wearing them to like day job interviews and like i've been pretty successful with it um i guess if they're not looking at your feet I wear right, I, just, I wear thermal socks. I I I wear thick Ohio winter socks all year long. Heavy wool. Yes, very much. <laughs> Except so. no substitute. Yep. I. You know it, it, what's funny is I love the heat, but that shit's just too suffocating for me. Like the whole time, <clears throat> I I don't know, man. I can't. I um, I wear dress socks everywhere I go because I'm always worried I'm gonna go to someone's house and I have to take off my shoes. And if I take off uh, my shoes, oh, dude. I best not have socks with holes. So I'm gonna wear dress socks. I uh, well, that's the thing. Okay, I have a my whack, toe, a whole whack of Gears of War socks. What's a whack? My toe, a whole whack. I don't know. It's, it's like a bushel or a gaggle. <laughs> Why are we getting all these terms? I don't understand. <laughs> what is this <laughs> podcast it's a, or an epoch? Oh, um, well, I know what that is. I don't. But a period of okay. time. Yeah. That that I'm just now I'm being an asshole. I here's the thing, like I have a hitchhiker's thumb for a big toe, so like my shit already pops through most <laughs> shoes or like socks. So I already have like I have holes in 
every one of my socks. He's got he's got it's he, really he's bad. got these Frodo Baggins toes going on. <laughs> no, dude. No, like I've got these National Geographic toes. Like they are fucking posable. Like they can grab. They can probably hunt in the wild. It's bad. So like I've already accepted. You can write your name with gr- your toes, like. Just yeah, talons, talons, talons that catch salmon in the water. Oh my god! Yeah, there we go. All it's right. um. <laughs> so I've I've kind of given up on like you know I try to, I mean who the fuck like at, at some point like hey I'm all for like keeping up with physical appearance. Granted, though I might not be the best example, uh, but I mean at some point you got to draw the line at who the fuck cares when it comes to feet like feet. Feet, bro, like, have you ever seen Kirby with feet? Like, it's the worst. It's fucking, I hate that meme. It's the worst meme. So, I'm going to put... Five uh, feet. That's going to be in the show notes. I'm just going to put Kirby with feet, like, at some point, somewhere within the podcast. No context, just a picture. That is the art art for this podcast, Kirby with feet. (laughs) Yes. Um, It has to happen now. But anyway, this is episode 106 um, my name is Georgie Boyd's X. You must have already known that at some point. If you didn't, uh, congratulations. I've, uh, I have now gleaned that useless bit of knowledge, uh, upon you. Um, but however, I am given the privilege to introduce people that are far better than I have any right to ever claim to be. Um, You're and I can actually, it's great because there's a screen on my left and there's a screen on my right. So it actually kind of fucking makes sense. Yes. But, um, which one's which? to my left. I have yeah. I don't know what the fuck your guys' arrangement is. So mine is um, vertical. <laughs> oh, I'm I'm. Look at this. I'm. It's crazy. Oh Jesus! Oh, I want to change mine now. Hold on. <laughs> God. All right. No. 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 It's, no. no. It's, we got. We got shit to do. Side. All right. <laughs> oh. So to to my left, I have uh, Andrew. <clears throat> oh, I'm on your left. Okay. Cool. Like yeah. Like we're getting married. Ta-da. Exactly. Wait, is that a thing? I. Well, you wear your wedding ring on the left hand, so that's why I, I, that's why I went true, with. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wait, well, don't women wear their wedding ring on the left hand? I just thought about the uh, the procession I thought everybody itself. did. Like, I, who's I on think the both. left and who's on the right? Yeah, I think it, that it's not a gender-specific thing. I don't know. I could have... All right. I just probably misunderstood it. Yeah, I I, I, I wear my on the left. I think the female wears it on the left, too. Or the male. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Whoever you're getting married it's to. both on the left ring finger, but no, like, at the wedding itself, I oh. think... The woman is always on the left, and the man is always on the right. And then nope. the best man is the dude's right hand man. Nope, we we just stand side no, by side. It's really weird. <laughs> weird. Yeah, the pastor sits on one side. We sit on the other side. Huh? That's what we do in Ohio. We, yeah. we got married in a cornfield. I don't know. <laughs> Typical Ohio. Uh, the my sham of a marriage was uh, in Vegas. Um, I don't. Yeah, dude, that, but... One of those things that stays in Vegas? I don't think I've ever talked about it on the show in detail. Not much. I think I've only talked about it personally with you guys when drinking. And I know <clears> I've <throat> mentioned it in passing. Yeah, once upon, like, over ten years ago. Um, What's funny, I was talking to Molly uh, from EGM on Twitter, and uh, she didn't even know I was married. I'm like, yeah, no, that was a, there was a very dark, grim point in my life. Um, but <laughs> and I made fun of you for uh, owning an Ouya. So that was yeah, and yeah, boiled <laughs> down to being made fun of owning an Ouya. Anyway... Uh, yeah, it was in Vegas and it was a, uh, one of those drive-by cathedrals, but it was one that gave you the option of, uh, dressing up and doing themes. Uh, and she jumped for joy for the Marilyn Monroe theme. 
So uh, she did Marilyn Monroe, and I did a sailor. Like, and now and that was it. I I have no pictures nor care to keep pictures, so please don't ask. Um, I'm gonna. This find was, it was was this before uh, camera phones or? Oh yeah, Thanks This was uh, this was late 2005, <laughs> early, <laughs> Dodge early that bullet, 2006. Didn't you? Yeah. I'd... No, I dodging the bullet would have been like completely not going, <laughs> not um, attending. <laughs> Not Rough. attending, like waving, waving goodbye, and never looking back. But it's whatever. But anyway, to my right, I have Sarah, um, a man who's definitely made better life choices than I have. He got so... married in Final Fantasy fourteen. Yeah, it's true. Actually, mm-hmm. this is, this is our dry that. run on things. <laughs> so was that like a you guys did like a a wedding like like a. A, a vow, like a renewal of vows? Is that is that uh, what took place? Well, we haven't technically been, like, officially married, but, like, the government of Canada sees us as married because we've been living. Oh, common so law? Long. Yeah. But this is a good, uh, a good way to, like, <clears throat> test the waters a little bit. We did pay for it. Like, it wasn't, like, the free one that you can get. We actually took the most expensive option and uh, did, did our thing, live streamed it, Was et cetera, it- but... Was it um was it as extravagant uh as uh Final Fantasy fourteen Dad of Light made it out to be? Oh, it was way more than that. It was much more extravagant, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cause like I I saw that and I feel like I feel like there could have been more done, but at the same time, like I don't think the spectacle of that was really the point. Oh in, yeah, no, like, that the, it that. took a like it was much longer when we did it than they showed in, in Dad of Light, so which uh, the review is out on the site now, and like I again, I I want to stress that you guys should definitely take an afternoon. I mean, it's definitely I I think it, it the pacing of it is done perfectly for a uh, show that you can binge to where you can binge it and it doesn't take away from anything. But I in in that regard, I feel that you can also if you want to treat it. Um, like a uh, a syndicated show you can watch it in breaks and uh it would it would have the same effect mm-hmm. i really really enjoyed if you guys have not watched it, it it's very like there was a lot of parallels that i personally drew to uh in concern to final fantasy 11 and then uh my late best friend so um i definitely recommend it uh, as a watch, but dude, that's crazy. I feel bad. Um, when you told me that you were doing that, I I didn't think it was actually yours. Now I feel like shit that I didn't tune in. <laughs> well, don't so, worry about that. You'll, I'm sure you'll uh, you'll make time to come up when we do it for real. Yeah. Oh yeah. Is that a thing? Yeah. It is a thing. Damn, dude. Yeah. Uh, world exclusive first. Oh damn. Uh... I well, like it. That's it's great, though. Bullet heaven. I'm, I'm really, I'm really sort of embarrassed to say that, like, we've been together for like 17 years. So that's the thing. So it's hey, kind man, of overdue, like... but we don't want to do it like this big extravagant thing. Uh, and uh, by the same token, we don't want to just go with like boring old gold rings either. So we're looking for a good pair of meteorite rings. And uh, huh. sort of do, just do like a justice of peace thing, and we'll have our giant parties at my parents' place. And just keep it as low key as possible. Like I've been through the big wedding; my brother got married, and my God, no, I couldn't do that. 
It's stressful. Dude. It's super stressful. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's very... No, dude, because, like, okay, so... Also, like, for those of you at home who might, like, be in the running to plan your own wedding or might attend a wedding or have people... Just keep in mind there's a cardinal rule that everyone should keep in mind in, in the bottom of their heart. That if you're involved in any capacity with a wedding, um, if you're not the fucking bride or groom, it's not your day. Don't make it your day. Don't yeah. don't do anything to such. And, and by all accounts, it means just like don't take any fucking personal offense when you're not exactly being accounted for in the grand scheme of things. Because I promise you, you'll still be able to sleep just just as safe, just as soundly uh, as if you were. Um, I was a groomsman, and, and there was a lot of work involved. I didn't quite sign yeah. up for that. <laughs> but, like, so as I mentioned, we did the flyby thing in Vegas, and, like, friends and family alike just felt super cheated. And, like, it, it kind of fucking pisses me off in a bit because, like, later down the line, um, like, when they got married, they were kind of, like, you know, iffy about whether or not I should be invited because they had to deal with, like, yeah, it's not so easy now, is it? Well, fuck you, but you guys had to, oh, you're not going to invite me after everything. Like, and then we we ended up doing a reception for, like, other people. Like, so don't ever do things because you feel like you have to satisfy other people. Because, like, it's not for other people. If that's, like, any sort of, like, if there's any sort of real wisdom that I can impart from, like, as far as life is concerned, that's that. It's, like, I... Yeah, man, it bugs the shit out of me. You, you, we I, weddings are strange because I've not only been obviously I had my wedding. I was a best man and a groomsman in like so many weddings before I got married. I was like that twenty seven dresses chick. Like I was in all these weddings <laughs> before my own, and it's you have to go into it with the mindset that if you don't think anything's gonna go wrong, you're kidding yourself. Something will always go wrong. Just go into it thinking, hey, like, I just want to get through it. Like, don't feel like you have to perfect everything. You have to get everything right because it won't happen. Something's going to go wrong. Someone's going to get shitty. Someone's going to try to give someone else a hand job during the, you know, cake cutting. It's going to happen. Someone's going to have an argument. It happened at mine. Someone's literally going to, like, get offended that they, like, weren't the bridesmaid that was tasked with this job. Yeah. Uh, a groomsman is going to drink too much and then, like, have the wrong... Like, they're going to take the wrong moment to have a personal, introspective, like, view on their life and, like, why isn't this my wedding and try to fucking make it about them instead of you. Oh God, and, yeah. th- like, that shit's going to happen. And don't, and don't have it's- a live microphone because someone will grab it and start dedicating... <laughs> dude, yeah. Everything. Cardinal rule. Cardinal rule, dude. Just, like, no get yourself... Like, just look for, like, somewhere with, like, a really good auditory, like, setting in that environment and go with that. It'll probably be best for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway. <laughs> I like how we had to impart fuck. all these life lessons before we started talking about video games. Right. It's not bad. I, I mean, it, we've done worse. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. But, uh, yeah, this is Press Pause Radio episode 106. We've got a lot of fucking news to talk about, so I think... Um, I think it's high time we go ahead and get to that. Uh, I will go ahead and start.
fuck you guys feel about Mario not being a plumber anymore? Because it is a thing. And it is a thing... I don't know. If you were to weigh on one hand, like, what probably has affected you more in the, in the like, headspace of, like, anything and everything Mario that, like, fucking, like, that takes value in your life, is it Mario having nipples or <laughs> Mario no longer being a plumber? I, because... I just feel like he's done so much for the Mushroom Kingdom that he eventually should get a more higher ranking position in the Mushroom Kingdom. I think the economy in the Mushroom Kingdom's fine, though. I mean, I don't know if, when's the last time you visited, but you can literally punch floating bricks in the air, and like you can probably get at least a month's worth of rent. But and and just like a couple good punches. But like, okay, so like, is this because he was a plumber in New Donk City before he went to the Mushroom Kingdom? And he came back and he had lost his job as a plumber in New Donk City. Like, maybe he didn't choose to not be a plumber. Maybe being a plumber was taken away from him. Because well, he's been gone for here. so long. So, like, the mayor of New Donk City, that's Pauline, is it not? I believe so. Yeah. So wouldn't that mean that he was a carpenter at first? Uh, first? He was originally. a carpenter yes, at yeah, first. Originally, yeah. And see, also, like, like Jesus. Uh, so oh, yeah, I was about to say, also, savior. <laughs> Jesus was a carpenter. <laughs> Mario is a savior. go from, uh, and from carpenter I, I to I can plumber. confirm, also had nipples. So, he, there you go. I believe he there did. There you go. Yes. Yes. Holy nipples. So, um, We're trouble, I, you so. know, I kind of, we've seen Mario do a lot of things. Like, I've seen him be a doctor. I've seen him, I've seen him golf. Mm-hmm. I, he also officiated a fight between a small little man from Brooklyn and Mike Tyson. Um, also a professional but, dancer. Yes. True. Absolutely. True. Um, uh, he tennis was in the ref, Olympics. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's that, but I don't, I don't recall a lot of instances where he was actually plumbing that, that wasn't like, I don't know where I, like, it's almost like fake news. Like, I think Captain Lou Albano was, uh, like, that was the only time where the, like, dude was plumbing. And can we, I mean, can we all just accept the fact that, like, this is, this is the, the Santa Claus is not real. Uh, revelation about the like Captain Lou Albano and Mario are in fact not the same person. Excuse so, me. Um, yeah, it's it's unfortunate. It can't be. I'm true. sorry that I have to be the bearer <laughs> of bad news here, but like it's it's for the better. It's it's like this is a band aid rip that like I like done. Yeah, there. I, How do you feel? I I don't feel great, but I guess I had to hear. It. I had to grow up one day. But I, I, I think like the only okay, but like I will say I I think, I, I think Mario, um, honestly I I just kind of feel like it's time for him to move on. You know he shouldn't be a plumber. You can't hold this guy back anymore. He, he's done so much for the Mushroom Kingdom. He's done so much for Daisy and and all these other you know. Do you think he can plumb for funsies though? Like. Is that? I don't think he can. No, because I think if I asked him right now what a stem valve was, he wouldn't. He wouldn't know what the fuck I was talking about. <laughs> he wouldn't know. You don't need plumbers anymore. Just YouTube it, people. <laughs> you don't need plumbers. Hashtag self reliance. Yeah. Hashtag blessed. <laughs> Hashtag woke. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> um, but no, I think the only time you actually ever really see any real plumbing. Uh, in a in a Mario game was probably Super Mario 3D World. I mean, could you really call that plumbing though? 
I think you can. I mean, that pipe that goes to, like, this other world where those fairies were that had to be rescued by Bowser. It's, it's like the only time. That, that's like the whole premise is that they're going for some weird night walk and then fucking like they come across like these janked ass pipes and then Mario and Luigi ah, oh, and then they're done. It's fixed. We have uh, straight pipes that are working uh, presumably like the flow uh of whatever it is that those pipes were meant to transport is in effect. I'm like, okay. But that also brings another question. Like, are we going to see Mario even using pipes anymore? Cause oh, like, interesting. I'm pretty sure I saw pipes in, in the trailer of super Mario Odyssey. I want to say that I did, but there's this like weird part of my brain, like the fucking, like the Sinbad genie movie, like the Mandela effect already that like, I don't know if there are fucking pipes in super Mario Odyssey. So, Feel free to correct me. I'm not going to commit to it, but can I, I kind of think that that... But also, can I ask this? Can I ask this question? Is he wearing overalls in Odyssey? Yeah. But that's if you want him to. I mean... I like how like, I'm doing the Italian this, thing as as we talk about yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> it just happens. Sorry. I mean, for all we know, he may not even have nipples in Odyssey. He just might have pasties. <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> like... I mean, Odyssey. Odyssey kind of wants to wants to give you like that that sort of control that that like uh, that new step of uh, independence in Mario that like we haven't seen in a while. I don't know. There's a lot of references. Like I I would say that like as far as fan service, I was not expecting Super Mario Odyssey to really go all out and like. I, we've we've already kind of hammered this point in where we're personally afraid that it might peak the Mario. But, I mean, we said that with Breath of the Wild, and we're like, fuck, like, where does it go from here? Mm-hmm. And uh, Master Quest, which I don't know if you guys had the opportunity to check out, um, is still, like, it is, it is definitely uh, reassured me that there's a lot of mileage left in that formula and what they can do with it. Um, like, goddamn. Um, yeah, man, I... I'm going to be honest, like, I think it's going to make writing really difficult when I need another pronoun for Mario, but other than that, like, fucking... <laughs> independent like, uh, contractor. Yeah, I'm going to go with independent contractor. Yeah, sure. Jack of all trades. Mercenary. Oh, fuck, I like that. I like that a lot. I mean, yeah. Freedom Mama warrior. Mia. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Just, like, I, I, I don't know. It's, it's kind of funny, though. What what I want to know though Wah, is they made, uh, they went all this trouble. Sorry. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay. Um, they went to all this trouble uh for Mario, but what about Luigi? Like, what's Luigi doing? I mean, he's a plumber too, right? <laughs> just just fucking just like staring people down on the track. That's what he does now. Mean mugging people. Yeah, yeah, and it's like weird too because um. Recently, Nintendo also went out of the way to confirm that Wario and Waiji, um, they are not, in fact, related. They are not brothers. Oh, really? Well, so, yeah. I, I, mean, I, I had not Luigi heard that. Waiji was just, like, some random dude, wasn't he? Right, but, like, you kind of, like, reasonably assumed, like, you know? I don't know. I, so that in my in my heart, like, at some point, and I'm making this call right now, 
I'm going to give it another five years before Nintendo will be brave enough to declare them their first openly gay couple. Oh, that'd be nice. And, yeah, I could see yeah. that. I mean, <sighs> yeah, although I feel like Toad should be the initial like person to come be out. the official gay mascot? Like, Toad should come out first. I mean... Like, you know, that brave moment where Toad finally comes out and and is openly gay character in Nintendo. I I could see that. I mean, I kind of feel like they've already dismissed that with Toadette, but who knows? Maybe again, I could be narrow minded in my thinking. Fair. But like, whoa, whoa, whoa! Hey, man. Hold on a second, though. What about uh, Birdo? Birdo is a representation of. Uh, the trans community. Okay. So that's great. Yeah. Like, doesn't he hook so, up with Yoshi? Uh, but... Ish? It, she. She is now a... Yeah, I think she is now a romantic interest of Yoshi's. And good on Yoshi. Like, you know, some that's some forward-thinking shit. Man, I don't... I'm 31. I don't think I have any right to really put this, this much stock into uh mario maybe maybe metroid maybe maybe even like clue land but not <laughs> mario yeah maybe it's so, just for a different generation i you know i kind of if you guys like talk to me about how you feel whether or not like you personally feel uh changed or affected at all by the fact that uh mario is no longer a plumber because I, I'd be I'd be genuinely curious to know. Yeah, <laughs> like I, I I guess that's the feedback we're looking for. Like who who's upset about this? Who 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 like woke up <laughs> and saw this on their on their RSS feed and they're like, wait, what? I I'll tell you one thing. People like like nipples are canon. You know, it's weird too though. Like okay, so I feel like a lot of the influences for the different wardrobe options are being taken from like different instances or portrayals of uh, Mario. Like, there is a Club Nintendo postcard where he's in that exact same swimsuit, and he also has nipples in that postcard on the beach. Hmm. So that's what's up. I'm madder about the fact that he, without, like, going into any sort of detail, got that tribal tattoo removed that he was showing <laughs> off, yeah. like, back in the day for the, the Game Boy Advance SP. Like, he straight up Peter Moored his ass with a fucking tribal tattoo just to push more product. And Peter Moore is still going around with a fucking Grand Theft Auto tattoo. He does. He has that and a Halo 2 tattoo. I saw it. Yeah. So, like, come on, man. And Jay, Al- like, and Jay Allard it- had that, like, hoodie, like, just, like, just fused to his skin, so he can't take it off. <laughs> it, 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 it's just stuck on him now. It just stays there. <laughs> it's a part of his I, I very to- being. Yeah. I swear to God, I, if anything, though, I will state that Jay Allard's kind of set a precedence for, like, what sort of style or wardrobe, like, uh, young entrepreneurs should wear uh, when they're pitching their Kickstarter video. Like, I swear to God, he just, that dude looks like he's permanently, p- like, pitching a Kickstarter video now. Always. He he was he was born for PR. Like, I don't know what the fuck Jay Allard's doing at this moment, but, like, like he, I don't think he's at, he's not at Microsoft oh, anymore. Oh, no, no, not for a long time. Yeah, but like, no, we got we got the Spence man now. He's wearing like you know irreverently fucking like on point t shirts, like t shirts, and yeah, absolutely, Con- yeah, Conquer ab- shirts. 
Yeah, like your dad. Um, my dad, anyway, my dad doesn't I... wear battle-toed shirts. <laughs> <laughs> no, he don't. Well, um, someone's dad out there just. Tweet at us if uh, Phil Spencer is your dad. Oh, God. Yes, um, please. <laughs> uh, uh, just to move the conversation sure. along. Um, so uh, the people over at South Park Studios and uh, Ubisoft, and I don't know, like, I'm trying to remember. It's Ubisoft Montreal is the main development force of uh, Fractured Butthole, I want to say. Yeah, because it's not uh, Obsidian doing it this time around. Yes. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. So... Um, at the behest of Matt Stone and Trey Parker and just like, um, that I can understand because it's funny. I don't think I, I wanted to get some more insight on who personally in development kind of threw this around. And also like in a real talk, like I, again, I mean, we could be, we could like throw our opinion around on this like topic as much as we want, but like, I don't know how much weight it will hold in on a pedestal with that of like, you know, an actual person of color. Um, but, uh, it was recently announced within a month before release that there's going to be a new mechanic introduced to where, uh, the avatar character that you designed just as you did in stick of truth, uh, depending on what skin color you customize and set up for that character, depending on the hue of said skin color and the darker that it gets, uh, the more difficult it will actually make the game. It will actually uh, cause a a difficulty curve that uh, has not yet been fully fleshed out, other than the fact that it uh, guaranteed will make less money, apparently, the darker you are. Um, and I think it's, it's a form of satire and commentary that I think is ingenious but in the same notion like like i let's be honest south park has never been about escapism like they've always been commentary like just almost at a point of detriment to like the sensitivities of everyone around him and that's ultimately the joke well and so yeah but i think that they're, they're 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 using this to like they're obviously doing something that is probably conceived as controversial or trying to get a rise out of somebody or you know for shock value but this game in in essence is an RPG it's a role playing game uh Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> is a role playing game Dungeons and Dragons has racial traits that give you pluses or minuses to certain things like if i'm a dwarf i have negatives to uh you know agility but i have pluses to uh, strength. So, I mean, I, I understand that they're doing it for the shock value of it all, but having that incorporated into an RPG does kind of make sense. But I understand the, how they're doing it and how they're incorporating it is to, like, just get people, you know, pissed off or get people talking about it. But that's that show's always been controversial. It's always been pushing the envelope, like you said. Like, it's always been kind of, you know, doing that kind of thing from the inception of the show i is it in poor taste i i don't know i mean the whole the whole thing's probably in poor taste to be honest yeah the whole game will probably everything's be in poor taste, in but poor that's taste. ultimately the humor about it but but I but mean, but, but do you feel like they're doing it because it's such a hot topic right now that they're kind of pushing the button on current events a little too much where it's like i don't want to see this in my game i want to get away from I, all that shit that's going on 
Well, yeah, and see, that's the thing. See, they've kind of, it's always been a mixture because, like, they have never shied away from, like, the depiction of race mm-hmm. and race relations. Hell, like, one of their most, like, popular characters and one of their, like, I, the most iconic in terms of merchandise and recognition is, like, a self-professed anti-Semitic. Like, you know, fucking, and that that's the humor of it. And they, and they balance that because, like, they they do so from the perspective of like one of those creators was raised Jewish, the other raised Mormon. Uh so like they they have like some sort of like outlet to do so and and if you look at it with that knowledge in mind, then like some of it m- might not be as unclassy as it I mean, it's still unclassy, but I I'm not surprised that they did it. I definitely think that this was a, uh, b- they did it because of the fact that it is a, a hot button of an issue. Sure. Um, but, but like, I, I guess like if they were to say, okay, based on the hue of your skin color that you get negatives, but do you get positives as well? And I, I don't know. I, no. I, okay. So, so, so that's the thing. Like, yeah. Like, okay, they say, in, in, like, according to Cartman's dialogue, like, this one will no way, shape, or form affect combat. It will, however, affect every other aspect of your life. <laughs> and that's what the, the, the and then, yeah. like, the, the most specific they got on that was it will affect um, how much money you earn, and it will also alter NPC dialogue. Now, to the effect of how much that will, like, change what you can do in the game... I think at that point to actually disparage and like exclude somebody from that, like any, any, like there's already kind of a sense of exclusion, but it's done. So for the sake of commentary and satire, (laughs) I think it's okay. But you know, at the same motion, like, yeah, like a person of color, I can only imagine like, even though it's South park and they know what they're coming, like they, they know what they're like, what's in stake for them. Like they're not like, they're not, like completely like blind no they're not oblivious to it but then they'll make you feel like an asshole if you pick something else because of the fact there's negatives to it like hey that right you're the one that picked it not us yeah yeah so like you know but if that's something that they wanted to do and they don't they don't feel comfortable with it like it's weird because that's the line that's drawn like is is it is the message that they're trying to make done so too much at the expense of someone that it was originally meant to serve you know it i don't know i i'm if anything i'm glad that the it's there it's got people talking it's already got people like up in arms uh many players are wanting to cancel the game because uh either like again like there some people like some people of color did not care for the decision and others applauded it and then other people were just like crying foul for over like white guilt and other things, which like, I won't really get into that uh, direction of discussion. I think that they're the right people. They, they, they could, they could only do, they could be the only ones that would uh, yeah, like, even if, have the audacity if, or the brass to do if it. If anyone's going to do it, they're going to do it. And let's be honest, the first game didn't sell because PewDiePie played through the whole game and no one bought it anyway. So what do they got to lose? Fuck it. Yeah. I mean, go for broke. I I don't even remember like so the first game didn't. I know it did well like 
critically, like it did well, very well critically, it, but commercially, I have no idea how well. It not did. very well because of the fact that I mean, uh, I've got two copies of it. This, I mean, the game, the game was critically acclaimed, and I enjoyed it quite a bit. But I do remember just being in that retail space. It didn't sell as well because I mean, to be honest, it, it's 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 the truth. PewDiePie played through the entire game in its entirety. And people that were interested in just watching and seeing what transpired in the game just watched the playthrough, and that was it. I mean, mechanics be damned, they just wanted to see how it, like, you know, what happened, and uh, and, and yeah. they suffered a lot because of that. I mean, that that that, that translates directly to their sales, absolutely. Yeah, I I would say that that's the whole that's the charm of South Park is the spectacle and presentation of yeah. it. Like that was one of the big selling points is the fact that it really felt like you were playing an episode of mm-hmm. the show. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can totally see where that may have been the case. I it seems like, however, just from what I'm seeing with, with fractured but whole, um, they are definitely trying to do everything they can to stuff that fucking game with meat, and it's already been delayed. Uh, quite a few quite times, a few times but, like, yeah. hopefully um, it is slated like it is like they're on track for their October release um, I kind of hope that the game if anything like kind of lives up to the expectations that, that I have of it because of Stick of Truth but in that same notion kind of um, it kind of makes up for a lot of the well, the short I, I would say the shortcomings of Stick of Truth like I I'm pretty sure, yeah, I reviewed it, um, and I do like it. I will praise Stick of Truth, and I've, I've never had a lot. I, I didn't have too much negative to say about it. I do, I do say that, like, as far as, like, a lot of the, um, there's a lot of time scenarios or exclusives to certain segments or chapters that really kind of fuck you up. I don't like games like that, like games that don't give you the freedom of backtracking. Like, it, like this is a... Um, Per, like you either get it or you don't um i was never really a uh, a fan of that mechanic i ho- kind of hope they do something about it but either way um i'm curious to see where it goes i'm curious to see like you know i'm glad they didn't like spill all the beans they were just like to the point I'm like yeah it's gonna affect the npc dialogue and it's gonna affect like how much money you make nothing else but who knows it could probably do a little bit more or, or maybe not something... exist at all they just said just say it I also would not put that past no, them. not at all. <laughs> Sarah, have you played Sick of Truth? Um, believe it or not, no. Despite having two copies of the game, still haven't played it yet. But uh, I hope to sometimes, some at some point, dive in. Like it's um, it's <clears> kind of it. It's the it. It's very Paper Mario. Yeah, in yeah, a sense, I but agree. like Super Mario RPG ish, or or maybe yeah, like Mario Luigi it, in terms of the combat. So I would like, actually go it's all timing yeah, Mario based, and Luigi. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But like it's it's but it's also like all the side quests and all the collectibles like actually like really have meaning, but that's the thing that sucks about it is that you're you're given like this one access uh to the town or like this one area. Like you'll visit an area to do a story mission and there are certain items that you can literally only get in that one area. And when you finish the story mission, you can never go back to that area again. So if mm. you don't collect those items, you can never get them for the the remainder of the game. Huh. And I, I felt like with somebody not having that knowledge going in, it kind of, I don't know, it fucks with the pace of it. Because I no longer, like, I'm trying to, like, explore at my leisure. But now I am 
I am fucking space balls straight up combing the desert. Like <laughs> I am trying to make sure that like I get everything that I can or like just bump against every nook and cranny is to make sure that like, you know, I'm able to collect stuff. It was especially annoying if you cared about collecting the chin Pokemon. Um, oh, yeah, Cause okay. they, Oh dude. Yeah. There was definitely lots of, there are lots of instances of points of no return. Like, okay, you didn't get the chin Pokemon there. You're never going to get it. So if you want that Chivo fucking tough breaks. Uh, anyway. Um, but speaking of PewDiePie, and I think that's the last fucking bit of news that I kind of want to really talk about. And this one is equally as controversial. I mean, I don't, I really don't want to take a lot of time to discuss what he did to draw this ire. Cause what he did with, it, it was very reasonable. Hmm. Um, and I don't want to go into the semantics of, well, I mean, they're not semantics. I should, I should probably choose a better way to say that. Uh, what he did was wrong and there's no excuse for it. And I do not, I don't think there's any grounds for discussion or, or defense of it for any asshole out there. Uh, who thinks that it could be justified by a heat of the moment thing. Like, hey, man, I am guilty of the C-bomb. And, like, I'll still say it. And that's probably the worst thing. Like, I still got to work on not saying. But, like, I still, like, I will never throw something as, like, derogatory as or inflammatory as, like, a, a fucking hateful slur like that. I don't think anyone will. It's fucking, it's unbecoming. And... It's a good um, way to commit professional suicide if you're not rich. That's the thing. Like, you know, I don't want to be petty, but in the same, in the same token, like this isn't the second, this isn't the first time that he's done something that, like, because when you think about it, all right, I, I personally like, as far as press pause radio goes, like we're. We're not big media. Everyone knows that. For anybody that reads or listens to us, you know that. But we're an alternative uh, media. And, and like, I fuck, I don't even know how to say that anymore without sounding like a fucking idiot thanks to conservatives. But anyway, um, we're, we're like a smaller enthusiast media, and I'm totally okay with that. But by and large, like, we're still represented by those uh, who are bigger than us or those who, like, have a name. Um, out there, and when when fucking he does that, he like incites like a reflection on others because of that, and like it it just fucking it, like it makes us look bad. Like it's not even just like a human decency thing. It's like fuck, and like I think he should be held accountable. And he's done other stupid. I think he's done stupider shit than like the slur, like the whole that that whole fucking stunt with the, the anti-Semitic, like, fucking uh, goof that he was trying to do. Like, that what, whole thing. Uh, what platform was that? I forget what it was on. Uh, well, that was on it YouTube. Must have been, oh, no, it was, was on YouTube. Streaming? But it, yeah, it must have been was, YouTube because he lost his sponsorship from Disney and YouTube. Yeah, because but of he it. was... The the the, uh, the thing that he was going through, like, you, you, paid, or you paid a certain amount Polaris. to... Polaris. Is that what that was? I think that's, yeah... Okay. It was Polaris, and he, the, which is like an affiliate of Maker Studios, I want to say. Um. <laughs> well then. Yeah. I. It, but like, 
It's not even that, but like what I do want to talk about because I think we've already spent too much time. Sure, so sure. like leaving it at that, yeah, like yeah, yeah. like fucking don't justify it, and that's not what we're here to do. What we are here to do, however, is talk about uh, one of the uh, reactions to the incident, uh, which is uh, and I. Per- I'm dude. I'm fucking notorious for pronouncing names incorrectly. So whatever. I th- I want to say Sean Veneman. Sounds good to me. Uh, yeah. Uh, from Camp Santos and idle uh, and idle thumbs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, famous for Firewatch, which um we have covered and discussed on a show before. Um, I still need to play more of it, but he. He took to action is the only thing that he could do as a developer, um, and he issued a DMCA takedown through YouTube in violation of uh, the PewDiePie's uh, Firewatch video, which, um, and I don't even know for what grounds he did it, but it introduces like a lot of wrinkles because YouTube has granted his request, and I think... You know, just as far as wanting to avoid a PR disaster, uh, PewDiePie has chosen not to fight it. He did address the seriousness of it, where um, he was just like, hey, like, this is a big deal. Um, If I get two more of these copyright strikes, like, I lose my channel forever. So um, I think, like, he was trying to really illustrate that he understood the gravity of the situation, but, like, if there's one thing I will give to him is that he didn't try to actively fight it, but he kind of also lost a lot of that when he did, like, passive-aggressively bitch about it. Mm-hmm. But, again, like, I'm I'm so divided on this, and I kind of want to talk to you guys about this. I mean, Let's Plays, video coverage, which we do as well, like, it's all hinged on some very, like, legal like gray areas like areas to where like i mean developers like like sean outright said i mean let's like let's face it their let's plays are illegal like these these like acts that like people do this culture is done so because we allow it so and whether or not you want to think that that's a bit conceited or arrogant i mean in the same respect i mean he's a developer that's his platform and the fact that like ultimately like fair use and what you're allowed to uh, essentially add as far as an extension to content that is not inherently there for you to monetize. I mean, that shit is like gone to court every day, Mm -hmm. but like, you know, he says something like basically he incited this reaction on a completely different game. Uh, a player unknown's battleground, and it's a stream, but a unrelated video was taken down that did not meet or otherwise fit the 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 nature of the complaint and and itself. I can like, that's the one thing he did not. I don't think he went into the detail of how exactly he uh engaged YouTube, but he he was able to do it. How like is this an issue? So. And I'm interested to hear Sayer's thoughts because I believe as a content creator, and, and you know, as, as our podcast and our video content, we do create content. But Sayer, you create. Sayer's in charge. I of mean, Sayer creates original content, music, you know, video production, things of that nature. So I'm interested to see how you take it. But I, I will say, listening to this and kind of seeing this all play out, the best way I can compare it to something legally is. Um, 
and I'm not the most knowledgeable person when it comes to this because I don't go through this personally, but um, c- custody of a child. It, it, it kind of kind of it's a weird thing, but this is kind of in my brain what I'm thinking. So, say for example, it might be in the best interest of the child to be, you know, watched over by a grandparent or uh, another adult because it's in the best interest of the child. Like the child can benefit. Whereas, like a let's play, the game could probably benefit from the exposure. It could benefit from, you know, being displayed up you know on, on a mass scale like with a big audience but if the parent says i have custody of the child it's my child i'm gonna do what i want to youtube has no choice but to say okay that's the law you own the copyright you own this content we can't get involved we have to say okay it's we we, we can't do anything about it like you own it and that's kind of what i see as this happening like youtube can't get in the way of this content creator saying it's my content. I don't want it to be on your channel. Stop it. YouTube can't get involved. But they see, have to be. They have to be impartial. They have to say, "Well, we probably feel like it's in the best interest that you know this is exposed to as many people as it possibly can be." But if you own this and this is your property, we can't get involved. It sets a precedent of we can't pick and choose who gets to do what. Like if it's your ownership, you have this, you know, copyright then we can't get involved, and it's it's yours. Until the law changes, that's how we have to play it. I want to think of it more like it's a restraining order. <laughs> yeah, but I'm, in, in restraining orders, though, someone has to be at fault. So at this point, who's at fault? PewDiePie is at fault okay. because he decided to, you know, use uh, that manner of language with a game that may not be the same game, but is by the same creator. So let's let's think of it as, uh, like you said, like with children, two people uh, or, or a family member, doesn't matter, two different family members, right? One is harassed or otherwise, um, uh, otherwise is uh, associated in, in some part, and it's not in a good way, with someone who's using racial epithets or, or violence or what mm-hmm. have you, right? Mm-hmm. You would then file an injunction against that person to bar them access from all of your works. Okay. Or family members, as the case may be. So, so now by uh, Camp, is it Camp Santo? What's the what's the publisher's name or developer's name? Campo Santo. <laughs> Campo Santo. Uh, Sean Veneman and it's Camp Santos. So them by setting up this pre- like by them saying you can't use our content. That's not just Firewatch. That's their content from here on in. Anything they've done. Or is it just Firewatch well, specifically? I, it was just that Firewatch video specifically. Okay. Yeah, because but like, like with, I think what with YouTube he's going to do, you've got to you've got to put a claim on one specific thing at a time. You can't just like blanketly of like all our stuff. Say, oh yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I gotcha. Yeah, I I don't think it's over at that point. And like, I don't no. know. He's kind of wavered in in that reaction himself, but like, he also he doesn't seem remorseful, and I think he's pretty happy. But in the same breath like we have the h3h3 uh productions lawsuit that recently reached a conclusion but that went the opposite direction did it not well well, no i mean so yeah exactly Mm -hmm. like they were sued for copyright infringement by um i want to say uh another youtuber by the name of hoizenda or hoizenda i mean forgive me but essentially like without getting into too many details um he had a video out that they then took 
and they made a video making fun of showing footage of that video and because it contained the same footage like they went ahead and they uh, sued him for you know using and monetizing their video which you know boiling it down they did however uh, the justice system found that it was completely within fair use and because it was done in a form of critique and satire and everything of the like that it does not qualify for copyright infringement in any way shape or form which mm. i mean you can apply those exact same descriptors like to firewatch so like it it bears the question like depending on i mean again the man has some sense to where like yeah he's been on the verge of career suicide mm-hmm. Um, I think he's too far gone at this point, and he's got too many, like, even with all the detractors that, like, may have at once, like, been with him, I think he's got uh, just too much of a following to he, the point where, like, he, he, could le- he can't be soft. He could legitimately, if he was, like, no longer on YouTube, he could find a platform or just make his own, and that'd be, yeah. I mean, that's all it would take. So, in ter- in terms of YouTube, then, he's, like, circling the drain, but where does the drain lead, right? Yeah. Right. And, and then if he's if he's so, not like held to a standard that YouTube puts in place or like you were saying with copyrights and things of that nature, then who stops him? Yeah. <laughs> At that point. But the fact that this happens though has set a pretty dangerous precedent. Sure, sure. I mean as as much as a lot of people out there may not like her, uh I've I've actually found a lot of people actually agreeing with uh, Anita Sarkeesian of all people that um this is a very dangerous thing that if publishers of these games are allowed to file an injunction such as this, um, where does that leave, uh, you know, fair actual critique and and transformative work like a, a game review, for example? Like if I, I do mean, if I do a game review and I lo- I give it like a one point five out of five, it can be legitimately a shit game, right? But just because they don't like what it what it has to say, they can they can file a strike against me. And people have done that because of then, low scores. Yeah. That has happened. But even then, but like going back to like that Anita point, and I think the reason why she said that is, let's just say because of her, because of, and I don't like to use the term agenda because it sounds aggressive, but because well, of kind the of movement is, that. But... Anyway. I mean, again, we can go back and forth because, like, I, I want to be supportive, but I, I, I will critique like what she does, but I won't mm-hmm. dismantle like, like everything she does. So we'll leave it at that. Well, but yeah, the point I'm trying yeah, to yeah. say, um, is that you know there are like very, very vocal, uh, like borderline danger like i you know dangerous might be a bit exaggerative but at the same time no fuck that no she's got death threats i'll stick with exaggerative there are people out there that like have targeted her specifically for what she's doing what's not to say that there isn't a developer out there like you know i can what's not to stop like say if she were to find any sort of critique that she could on let's just say minecraft for example um, that that would, if she could, not to say that she has 100% of the time, so, like, because I, I have, again, um, uh, I have also critiqued some of her standings, but, like, just for the sake of the example, let's just say she finds something within uh, Minecraft that that is, in fact, a bit misogynist or could be construed as misogyny, 
uh, to some extent, and she uses it in support of an argument for uh, a subject matter she's covering in a video, was not to stop Notch from, like, you know, taking offense to that and and stating that, like, her view is misandry. And as such, because it can be viewed as uh, misandric, that, like, it could be grounds for DMC takedown. And then she could also be at the other end of that. That's the whole thing. Like, I don't... I mean, when it gets down to it, I don't have sympathy for him, and I do think he's some petulant fucking child that is a, like, closeted racist that might, like, just have way too much goddamn money that he knows what to do with. But I'd rather fight him, like... I'd rather take the high road. I don't believe that what went place here was the high road by any stretch of the means, and it just introduced something that was... Uh, kind of detrimental to the culture and industry. I mean, think about like people who just want to create content and like now kind of had like, like even non-monetized. All... Cause that's the thing that bugs me is like I've never monetized a video, and, and there have actually been times where I've tried monetizing, like one of uh, a video that features just my music, and they're like, "No, we're not going to do it." And when asked, they're like, "Yeah, we have no proof that you've got the software used to this uh, to make this music." I'm like, uh, "I don't think so. I can give you receipts." But yeah, like I had to prove all the way down to the fact that I created the uh, the album art in Excel, right? All the way down to that, that it was all of my content and it was just completely absurd to me. So as a result, I've never actually monetized a thing on YouTube. Um, but you can still get hit with it even if you're not monetized, which makes absolutely no sense where someone makes money from stuff that wasn't making money to begin with. That's what bothers me. Uh but this whole idea too, it sort of undermines the entire uh, the entire uh, existence of YouTube gaming. There's an entire section of YouTube platform. To, yeah, yeah, it's based on this kind of content, and to say that it's completely illegal, but they let it slide, it's it's totally it totally undermines what they were what what they created this platform to do. So I don't know. I think that's kind of uh, kind of a misnomer there, I guess. You know, deep down it is. I don't I don't know if this was uh, really the right way to go about it, but, like, it's really... Like, Andrew's point earlier, like, the developers own, ultimately, the content that's being used. I mean, to, to some extent, like, if this was being done over the... If this was being... If this audio or, or any of the, the commentary was done like over the presentation of a game and and people are not there for the game they're there for like that fucking that life story about what happened at camp like that one time then dude what's not to say that they're showing up for the game but the game is there just by happenstance and by proxy you're you're generating interest in the game that wasn't even able to do so within its own right which is why they kind of let it slide but like i don't know it i'm curious to see where this will go from here but i'm mm-hmm. very confident this is the last we'll see uh someone take actions like this like i i guarantee that we'll see similar actions over something probably like even i hate to say that this wasn't justified but it it, it really wasn't and we'll see it over something less justified I want to say that we haven't seen the last of this, no. but uh, I'm I'm not as optimistic as you are, but that's just kind of how I roll. 
I mean, a- after hearing this discussion, I thought that it was the right thing to do because he should be punished for what he did. But now, kind of having this conversation, I do feel like, yes, he should be held accountable for what he did. But doing this does set a precedent that now can be taken out of context or taken and used maybe not for the intent that everyone thinks it should have been for PewDiePie. You know, this could happen to anyone now. And and I feel like that's not necessarily the case or that not the way it should happen. And I mean, I feel like there's some kind of term of service that was probably violated in uh, in what PewDiePie did to begin with that mm-hmm. could have resulted in like some kind of action without the need for doing sure. a DMCA takedown. You know what I mean? Yeah, maybe just doing this just to be like, hey, you know, <clears throat> we're going to do this because just, we want to. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty it. sure Google. I'm pretty sure Google has something in their clause for hate speech. There has to be something in there. I would assume so. Yeah. Um, I don't know, but, and, but at first I was kind of like, yeah, like I was like, yeah, right on. Like, like you guys are doing a good thing, but now I'm just like, like, I think there was a better way to go. About I, it. I, in a way, yeah. in a sense, I agree. I feel like, yes, they should vocalize their opinion on him or, or make it known that they don't support this kind of behavior, but not at the expense of possibly how many content creators that maybe don't deserve the same fate. <laughs> yeah. Right. Or just introducing like this new loophole wrinkle kind of thing. in yeah. wood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Agreed. It, it's tricky. Yeah. But we'll probably have more to say on it as the, the whole thing develops so far. Uh, the only thing that's really happened is that he almost accidentally did it again. Um, and then made a joke a of third it, time. and nobody can tell whether it was. Well, no, he almost said the the slur again, the exact same slur, and I no one can tell if it was for the intention of like uh, satire, like he, he was just being facetious, or if he was a legitimate slip up. But either way, like, dude, I don't watch the guy. I don't care to watch. The same guy. here. Same here. And you know, and we've and like we've never cared for him, but now I especially yeah. Don't. But in the same way. And this has been kind of discussed on other podcasts and just in the general discussion about this whole happening. Yes, it does show a pattern, but ultimately I hope that anything that comes out of this is understanding and maybe him realizing that this is wrong and and there has to be a change. Like, like don't punish the guy to the point where it's like, let's just all pile on him. Like, he did something fucked up. But you kind of hope that eventually he'll come to terms with like, hey, there's something wrong that I'm doing. I need to fix it. I know on this podcast, I've personally said homophobic things. And it's because it it comes from a place of ignorance. It comes from a place of saying something and and, and understanding that that's not the way to behave. And it's not like I apologize and then keep on doing it. Like You have to learn from the experience. You have to hopefully become a better person because of it. And have understanding and have, you know, some some kind of growth from it. So, like, I don't want to wish ill on the person because, you know, I, I I want to hopefully see that he matures and becomes a better person because of it. Like, you know, he's, he's made mistakes. I, I've said stuff like that before. Online gaming, uh, on this podcast, I've said stuff like that before. And it makes me regret it because, you know, I, I don't want to be seen like that kind of person. 
I want to be growing as a human. I want to grow as a compassionate person. And I hope the same for anyone that has to go through this. You know, like, I don't want to just see them get piled on. I want to hopefully see them grow from it and, you know, know that the experience is meaningful in whatever way, you know, he's been already, I wouldn't say punished, but, you know, he he's had to understand. He's already been painted. Yeah, like, you have to understand that, like, now you've shown a pattern. <sighs> what do you do now? Like, like how, how do you recover from this? I mean, how do we even look at Juggalos anymore? I fucking... It's but they it's a real but turn. they adapted they they evolved they changed <laughs> they're, 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 they gave they're yeah fighting the good fight they gave now. us something to applaud yeah so good yeah. on them like any, anyone can change anyone can change that was some fucking like straight up like Gimli and Lego lost shit like you know <laughs> yes yes I like I I can't believe fighting that side I'm by side. siding with a juggalo <laughs> but like. Yeah, and like to that effect, I I know I've said some misogynistic shit here on the site, and I think we're all kind of show guilty about it. Yeah, we've all sure. been yeah. guilty, and then we've all grown, and we've all kind of like we've done what we can. Hell, but the times I mean, they change. Yep, and you know, God rest his soul, fucking Ryan Davis like had a similar yeah. slip up at one point, and I think he handled it. In an ext- like God, he handled it way better. Um, in like, only a way he could, really. Yeah, like, I mean, but right. but he owned up to it so quickly and learned from it. Uh, the McElroys have done that as well. I know they said stuff in the past I didn't even think was offensive, like when I first originally heard about it. But they knew right away. Like we slipped up. We represented a certain sect or uh, a group of people uh, in a way that you know isn't true. And I didn't see it as offensive personally, but I didn't understand it. I was naive to it as well. And they instantly like the like went out there and said, "Hey, this is not how we are supposed to be. We're going to change." Like it, it comes from a place of ignorance, and we don't want to be that person or that you know conceived in that way. So we're going to change. And that's that's ultimately what it comes down to is just knowing that you did something wrong, that you said something wrong, and trying to learn from it, and maybe hoping. Especially with his his outreach the scale and the of platform his base. he I has, let teach others. You know, use your mistake as an example and teach other people not to be that way. Because because ultimately they're kids. Absolutely, that watch the stream. absolutely, like, and, and that's a thing. Like you can reach so many other people through compassion and through understanding and through like just you know <laughs> understanding you did something wrong. And not coming at it as, you know, like you said, apologizing, but then having like kind of like backhanded comments and kind of, you know, not being sincere with a lot of stuff that you say. Like, be humble. Like, God damn it, this internet and this culture that we're living in right now is just full of people that are not humble. And it needs to change. Like, humbleness above all else. If you can do that, you're. Eat some humble You're pie. at least trying. You're, you're at least you. trying to be a better it's person. Delicious. You're at least trying. Yeah. I think I think uh, what's in your console sounds like a good, sure. <laughs> good turn. Yeah, yeah. let's do positive that. notes. Oh, hey, Andrew. 
What's going on, man? Hey, what's going on, dude? How you doing? Uh, well, same old, same old, really. <laughs> ah, 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 dude. Ah, what? How'd you do that? What happened? I, I tweaked something. I tweaked it. I think I tweaked Jeez. my elbow. God, oh, now it's the wrong kind ear of tweak. It's these earbuds I wear. Like, I think I'm going to be working out, so I want to have the right earbuds to work out and run. But I end up just tripping over them and, and hurting myself like I just did. Yeah, you're subscribing to the wrong mm. kind of tweak there, pal. I mean, mm. speaking of earbuds, tweaked audio. Jesus. Tweaked audio. Dude, they're tangle-free. Tangle-free earbuds that come in seven different styles and colors. And not only that, they allow for mic'd and non-mic'd versions. So that way you can use them anytime you're... I don't know, calling for a doctor because it sounds like you're in a lot of pain right now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, those, they, those cost way too much money, though. I, I don't think I could afford a, a pair of earbuds that don't tangle because they all do. They well, always tangle up. You know, dude, they are designed to sound great and they're really cool for just about anything you need them for is because they got noise reducing design. So with all these sweet features, you'd be in luck because we currently have a code that you can use on tweakedaudio.com right now it's ppr you just got to type PPR. ppr and you'll be set from there it's easy enough hey sarah can you help me up man like i think i really hurt something i need some yeah, help man. Can you prop me up oh, please man. all right dude what happened get up man so you you, you tripped over these things yeah I, more like i fell over them i think <laughs> honestly man, i hurt myself pretty bad why don't you have any tweaked i mean they're compatible with ipods iphones and android devices so you really have no excuse i mean i guess but like you said there's a discount code but i mean Am I really going to save a lot, you think, with this? Because I, I really can't afford... I, I, I honestly tear up all my earbuds, like, all the time. Well, 33% off with free shipping and a lifetime warranty? How could you afford not to, dude? <sighs> lifetime warranty would be amazing because I'm very, very clumsy. And also, I, I live on a limited income because I buy way too many earbuds. So I need to buy <laughs> one I need to buy one pair and be done. So I think this is the one I'm going to get. Man, go to www.tweakedaudio.com and get your shit sorted out. Yeah, dude, enter in the code PPR, and you can get 33% off some new earbuds. Uh, but before we do that, let's let's get you to the nearest emergency uh, care, yeah? Yeah, yeah, can we ice this? Thank you. Okay. What's in your console? Right, Sarah, what is in your console? We're going to start with you, buddy. What's in my console? I've been playing a lot of Switch games lately. I'm just sort of going Fuck, through the list here. that's great, because yep. uh, I've barely touch mine oh really yeah dude like i there's stuff i want to play on it but it's also kind of expensive and overwhelming and now fuck doom is coming out for the switch and wolfenstein mm. and like what what year is this and, what is and what? they're all full price games too yeah like, really? that's i yeah that, okay that's one thing too because like i'm excited to play la noir again i'm excited for the new like touchscreen detective mode i'm not excited to spend 50 dollars in a game that was like fucking two dollars last year on steam yep. agreed like i, I ain't about i ain't, like, about, I, I ain't about that switch tax i'm sorry like i get it you're making a game for a new platform it's gonna cost a little the bit Nintendo more tax yeah like i get that but come on it's a little ridiculous well for for what it's worth i've been playing a lot of downloadable <laughs> games mm-hmm so I'm not sure if we uh, talked about it last time, but I played Sonic Mania. Oh, dude, no, we we touched on it barely. Like I I think it was at a point where like when we recorded, we were just 
we were on the we we're on the tippy tips of, of the embargo. I'm like, fuck, can't talk about it. Now we can super talk about it. Oh, it's God so good. Now, damn. I mean, I haven't beaten it because I suck at Sonic games, but uh, but it's good. Oh, it's so good. Uh, it's, everything about it is fantastic. Um, I oh, dude, no, I completed it. So like, I got all the chivos, and then it made it was so good that like I went and I bought it. But like I never played it, and then I went and completed Sonic CD for Xbox 360 and got all those chivos. Um, everything about that game, like I swear to you, you can go back and still find something new. Like I've never seen such a, a brilliant piece of fan service. Like I can go on and on. Like there are so many. Like it's not even visual, just the auditory fan service. Like. Just within the emblem that Sonic spins in, the emblem, if you look at the outer ring, is designed intentionally to resemble that of the uh, directional symbols used for the D-pad of a Sega Genesis uh, control pad. Um, all the noises that uh, Heavy Shinobi uses, all the sound effects, all directly rip from Revenge of Shinobi for nice. the Sega Genesis. Yeah. All, um, all the Game Gear references all use Game Gear sound effects. Um, the satellite, uh, beaming in Studiopolis, those are sound effects, uh, from Sonic Spinball. Like, literally every facet of this fucking hedgehog's career. Um, there's a secret ending, um, that's associated with Knuckles that's incredible, but the, the, the fucking, the theme that plays within the remix, uh, it's a remix theme from Knuckles Chaotix. There's also oh, nice, other yeah. references. There's... Like, I can go on and on, but there is not a facet of classic or otherwise weird um, Sonic minutia that they haven't Dutch upon. Um, the 3D models used in the uh, special stages mm -hmm. are ripped from Sonic 3D Blast and Sonic R. I was going to say, like, so, they're, they're Super Sonic R style. Yeah, they are yeah. ripped. Like, just a lope, like, but just everything. Like, I've... I've never seen something like do such an incredible job of paying homage to the source material and doing so in a way that like rewards the insane fandom of the fact that I can recognize and see shit like this. Like, like just fucking like just feed into that, like that, that trivia, like the, the people getting turned on by trivia, just like that, like that urge that, mm, that desire, uh, the desire. And also, the desire. desire uh but just the fact that um they take they already take a lot of old conventions and nuances and they actually improved it and flipped it on its head they took things that did not work uh in the past and then just made it better by like like just things like enemy placement or just like very small points of level design, like levels that may have like had like may have been a hit or miss with like some people like the game's been out long enough to where I'll mention some stages like uh, oil ocean, for example, is in Sonic mania and oil ocean. Like I think like aesthetically and some of the mechanics are cool, but otherwise isn't is kind of a clunky Sonic level, but it feels fucking great in uh sonic mania and it uses mechanics that are similar to other sonic levels that people have bitched about like sandopolis zone from sonic the hedgehog 3 and knuckles love love sandopolis zone but people hate it 
and like when it uses like certain mechanics like that like it it borrows i've never seen a game that just like borrowed so much from its own like heritage and its franchise and then did so to like just do better like and and sarah you said it yourself like you've always been okay with sonic but Mm -hmm. like you've never been a fan but like this game you've been digging it yeah oh yeah Hardcore. I, I wish I I could do better in the friggin'. I'm stuck in the uh, friggin' flying battery, fucking stage. Can't get through it. They did a lot with flying battery to actually, I think, again, make it more playable. Um, and they did <laughs> a lot of other that, neat things. But it doesn't stop me from sucking at it. But like, I love that. Like, like the community that like made this like has such it, it it's just it's so much more apparent like how much more reverence they have for it like yeah um doing what sonic like a lot team, what sonic team should have right right and even then like just all the little touches like um there there are item boxes that are placed in green hill zone that are also placed in other like rom hacks that are done by the same community that mm. i own and play and just the fact that because i played that rom hack i got to recognize that or just little touches, like there's a famous ROM hack in Sonic called uh, Moto Bug in Sonic One, where uh, you just play as the Moto Bug, and <laughs> there the developer of that ROM hack he unfortunately passed away in a car crash, but like one of the 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 hard boiled heavies, uh, Heavy Rider, which rides on a giant Moto Bug, the name of that Moto Bug is Jimmy, the name of that ROM hacker. Huh. Like there's so many little touches that like they they really put like like I I think it's almost insulting to call Sonic Mania a love letter like that is a fucking memorial and it's like it's a I I think like if there was ever to be like any sort of class or or any sort of course or discussion that that would be made on how to do fan service right like that game should always be used as like this like standard this benchmark of like what to do because of that because like mm-hmm. like everything i i've gone into so much nuance and niche shit. i mean i can go further like the rabbit hole on like references like i said it, it i'm there's gonna be new things i learn about that game and like it's always fascinating to me yeah one thing it's, that i noticed actually is that there are multiple tracks for the intro animation yeah yeah. Um, a lot of code was still left over because the, the name of the game originally was Sonic Discovery, and like they even had the old design of the emblem there, and it was actually supposed it, the the way that it, if if went through uh, was going to look more like the Mega Drive logo. Oh, okay. Nice, so with nice. the red and green, um, the MD. There's yeah, there's there's a lot that goes on in that game, and like it's God, man, it was coded so well. And, like, fuck, man, it was even, like, self-aware. Like, I think, can we all, like, I don't know about you guys, but I just love that, like, game companies are at this point are kind of embracing, like, the the meme element of internet culture. Like, can we, okay, dude, Mario Odyssey has a photo mode, and they know exactly why it has a photo mode. They know exactly <laughs> why it has a screen capture. Like, it's, it's for the fucking memes. Mm-hmm. And, like, when you throw, when you throw a meme as a mode in the game, like that's incredible to me. Like I fucking love that. Um, Andrew, have you gotten a chance to play Sonic? Mania? I have not. Um, and I like Sonic for the most part, but I'm not as uh, devoted as a lot of people that probably have played this game. 
I'm probably in the same boat as Sayer, maybe even like less uh, familiar with Sonic uh, than maybe Sarah is. Uh, oh, dude, yeah. I mean, I'll admit it. I'm a like a deviant art page away fair. from being like a Sonic fan. Sure, boy, sure. But, like, I'm sorry. Um, but you know, why not take that last step? Like, I mean, nope. yeah. <laughs> get 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 that Shadow the Hedgehog cosplay you've been working on all this time. Oh yeah, there you go. Um, get that. I mean, I'll be able to upload Kevin the pregnant pregnant hedgehog OC into Sonic Forces at some geez. point. Uh, God, dude, that that game's not going to do well at all because of this, though. No, no, no. It, it, it's gonna get buried. But hey, if anything, Sonic fans have wanted a good Sonic game for a long time. I'm just happy they got it finally. Mm. That's that's all I can say. I'm happy it exists. I'm happy they got it. Like everyone deserves to be well, happy. You should play I, it. I could see myself playing it, and honestly, it's a good pri- it's a good price point. You know, it's like twenty bucks, something like that, twenty thirty bucks. Like, I'm curious to see the sales figures on the collectors. Sure, like what? Well, uh, I've never sixty seen bucks. So many people. No, it's eighty. Oh, for the collectors, really? Huh. Eighty five. Well, I imagine it was probably more in Canada. Uh, a little. Yeah, it was only eighty nine actually. Huh. Oh, there you go. It's eighty five. But you know. Or maybe seventy five. I don't I mean, know. It was I around mean, there. Seventy five sounds more likely. Yeah, but you know, decent price mm-hmm. point, good experience. I, I I could see myself getting it at some point. I'm not like being down the door to buy it, but uh, I don't know. I guess it's kind of the same thing with like Mega Man. Like I was never very good at those games. Like I appreciated the ones I did play, but I was never really super good at them. And I didn't play anything after two or three. So, like, you know, people talk about 7, and they talk about, you know, all these other games. And then when, like, 9 and 10 came out, that was like, you know, hey, these are the Mega Man games that you loved. And everyone was super excited about them coming out. But I never got super into them. But I'm glad they exist, because if they can come out with those games, then eventually I'll get, you know, a little Nemo the Dream Master remake or something. I mean... You know, I can hope for my. We can only. I can hope. hope for my game to come out at some point. But I, I'm glad it exists. I'm glad that people can have that. And it has the Mega Man Nine effect. Yeah. Like you really feel like it. Really feels like a game that was just discovered in a time capsule. Mm-hmm. Like the way Nine first kind of gave you those, like that feeling of childhood effort and, 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 and like, don't you kind of need that in games nowadays like how often does that happen in a game now i think the only time i've ever had that experience was when i played super mario 3d world i just felt like a kid sitting on the floor playing a video game like that hasn't happened in decades and that's kind of how that game made me feel so i think that those kind of games do need to exist and i'm glad that it happened it's just <laughs> it's been the thing that's been talked about for so many years like when are we going to get a good sonic game and like it finally happened. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but it didn't happen by the people that were responsible exactly. for it. It happened by people that just recognized that they they probably don't know what like and like even then like Sonic Mania is a giant experiment where they 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 didn't want to make that the flagship Sonic mm-hmm. game. Sonic Forces uh was, was going to, to be, be yeah. the <laughs> yeah, but like they were like okay, we're going to do both. And I I hope that like they just see, like, it's just it's so weird because it's like Sonic Mania embraces everything that's good about Sonic and like just from what I've seen, and just the impressions that I get from Sonic Forces, it's the exact opposite. It's embracing everything that went wrong <laughs> with Sonic. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't I don't I, know. And like I had the- Sonic Team thinks that putting classic Sonic in it 
will no do something. Well, that was like me with. We uh, shall see. Yeah, that was like me with Bravely Default. That was like when Bravely Default came out. That was like Square Enix. Like, hey, Square Enix, these are the games that people actually want. Like, these this is what people want to play. They don't necessarily want the Final Fantasies that you're putting out. Although 15, I think, was okay. But Bravely Default was like that experience that you would, you know had come to expect from Square or you know Enix. Uh, back I think in the this day. might be a good. A good uh, segue point, actually. Sure. Um, yes, dude. Thank you, Sarah. Oh, I'm so I'm so excited. I want to hear what you have to say about it. Octopath Traveler demo came out on the Switch Store. Yeah. Uh, as soon as I saw it, I immediately downloaded it because Octopath Traveler is actually the reason why I bought a Switch. Oh, wow. And um, I got to playing it, and I'm not sure what to think of it just yet. Uh, really? Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure if the uh, the demo is imbalanced. Uh, by design or if I meant to be able to get to certain points within it. But like I started playing with one of the two characters and I just got completely waylaid by the boss and I couldn't understand how I had so few healing items, even after finding some that I, you know, I used them all up, but there was still like a, you know, I, I want to say I had like seven or so eight of them. Wh- which class did you choose? The dancer, or the warrior? I chose the the dancer at first. Okay, so I haven't played through the dancer uh, yeah. that much. I want oh, to do, get ready I... for some colorful language, by the way. Oh yeah, no, it was it. It it definitely has like that weird Victorian era English. It's like there's this fucking. Mm. There's even this character. I swear to God, it's just like a caricature the kid, of Oliver right? Twist. Yeah. Hello, sir. How are you, yes. sir? Uh, it, you it can switch like, it, it to Japanese. So out of place. Yeah. You can switch it to Japanese. Oh no, yeah. I want to. I want to get dude. I I feel like. Oh man, I don't know. I feel like there's some voice actors there that like are out of work since four kids kind of fucking <laughs> bit the bullet. That like I want yes. to give. Uh, um, I want to give their dues to, but no. Um, I think what it is is that, and that's what I love the most about it is that if you play Octopath straightforward. Um, you're probably not going to do as well because no. all of its system, all the systems are designed to give you freedom or give you some flexibility. But like, yeah. I really they can be exploited, and that's what makes them actually better, in my opinion. Like, I grinded now, the fuck out of the warrior. Like, I got to level twelve. With this said, uh, I want to say that where bravely default was a love letter to Final Fantasy, uh, this is absolutely a love letter to Saga. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, everything about this game is saga, right down to its multiple like characters. The, the multiple characters, and then the the boost system. Yeah. Um. So that's what's really rad. Like I don't, and again, I don't know how much differently the combat mechanics are with the dancer, but like there are oh, different it's the weapons. Same. It's just like I couldn't get past the boss through a lack of healing because. Even though I was hitting with the weakness, I was still taking massive, massive damage every round. Well, I don't see, know. Okay, maybe I should have. I, I bought grinded some... for better gear. See, like I, okay. I, I think that's why I got through. Like, I, like I said, my warrior in the demo. Like I put an hour and thirty minutes into the demo, I got a level twelve, and I bought the best gear I could in the general store in in the town that you start in. So yeah, see what... I'll I'll grind it out a little longer and see what I think. Uh, the presentation of it, love the music. It's I want to say it's probably the same composer as uh, Saga Frontier One, 
And the visuals are nice, but they don't run at the rate that I kind of expected. Like it's a little on the yeah, slow side. Yeah, I was actually kind of that's a, that's probably like my one. It's weird because that was the one thing that really caught my eye with it. But weirdly enough, like it's got like this weird like vignette filter, like this almost sepia tone mm. to like its outer edges that kind of like it looks shitty in certain environments like or color palettes limbic occlusion i think is what it's called or something like yeah that. and it like it's i mean it's a strange artistic decision i um, i do but, enjoy the uh the real-time lighting and the depth of field that looks fantastic that looks fucking great but if they can get rid of like the the sepia filter bullshit that they've got going on mm-hmm. just because like it makes everything look a little weirdly unnatural, kind of like a, a center focus fisheye uh, portrait that's mm. moving, um, uh, like within a animation that it's not meant to move at. So yeah, like, uh, I, I want to like, say it's got like this Gaussian blur to it. I, I yeah Does that exactly make sense? a little bit yeah just yeah I, I get what you're saying there. Uh, they do need to. Uh, I know this is an early build of it, but they really do need to clean up some of the textures too. Oh, like yeah. on the walls it, and shit. Like if they made that look like a painting, I think they'd really be in business uh, instead of just using like really blurry textures that, you know, would look terrible on even a 3D action adventure. So there's that. Um, I but love the battle system is so good. It's not bad. Yeah, I, I love the uh, everything about it, really. Like, and I, I really love how they're using like um, Final Fantasy. Well, not Final Fantasy six. It's closer to Chrono Trigger. Chrono Trigger Ooh. style sprites for all the Speaking characters. Speaking my language right now. Well, even then, like an active, yeah. there's there's an active battle time element that's also similar to Chrono Trigger, but basically, ish. Like, I, I think if if I'm honest, it's closer to um, Grandia. So is it not turn? Is it not yeah. turn based? Well, it yeah. is turn based, but see, okay, so I I got the same vibe too, but hmm. like it's no, not wait. exactly. It's it's uh it's better better described as uh, evolution. Remember that on Dreamcast? Yeah. yeah that's a great battle I, that's system. That's exactly what I was going to say. Um, so what it is is you get to see the turn priority, which, yeah, like Evolution's done that. The Mega Man X RPG did that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And what it is is that each enemy will have a specific weakness to a weapon or other weaknesses that will be revealed later down in development. And when you expose them to their weakness, not only do they take more damage, but when you break their defense, you disrupt their... Uh, priority of turn mm. order so that means you get a free turn nice. but not only do you get a free turn um everything you do is double damage mm-hmm. in addition to that so it's kind of in a lot can... of ways uh like shin megami Tensei's persona recent games yeah, yeah like persona like persona, yeah. 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 crit they they drop them and you get like the extra hit exactly. yeah definitely it's it reminds me of like the 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 staggering element from final fantasy 13 except like way less obtuse, like <laughs> easier where, to perform. Like, the staggering element Maybe as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Goddamn. Fucking. Um. But like, what's another cool element is the boost mode, and what the boost mode does is that with every turn, you're building up a a, a gauge, and then like at any point you can spend an increment of that gauge and like boost whatever you do, uh, like by a certain percentage. I think it's double it. So then, like, say, for example, I accrue, like, all my increments, like, five turns have gone by, and I've just been doing standard actions, and then I break uh, an enemy's defense by using their weakness uh, enough times. Then my next attack, I fucking boost to the max. I go from doing standard to boosting to where I attack consecutively in a row, or I double my damage, and I immediately turn the tide of battle like that. 
And like just that, just those tactics and being able to do that. Oh, dude, like there's there's something that felt so fucking gratifying about it. Like I, I don't know personally. I think the the battle system's one of the smartest battle systems I've seen in a turn based RPG in years. Yeah, like it's really like a distillation of a lot of great ideas. Who's uh who's developing this? Yeah, Square Enix. Oh, okay, cool. All right. Yeah, and then like. I mean, this is on, like, the heels of, like, something, like, fuck, dude. I, I don't think I've played something more white bread since, like, I Am Setsuna. And, like, we, like, I reviewed that, and granted, that's probably sounds meaner than the review that I did for it. But, like, going back, like, it's really hard to, like, keep going in that game. Because that game, it goes from, like, love letter to just fucking cliche after cliche after, like, just pandering nonsense. And they're doing another, another game one, yeah. that's like that. Uh, I think it's done by the same dude, but I don't like it is for the switch. Yeah. Yeah. Same team uh, and everything. Same premise. It's like it's cookie cutter. Yeah. And no, you can. I swear you can look at it and you can you almost want to say it's either a spinoff or a sequel. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't know. I am Satsuna did OK, but like it almost didn't even get fucking released here because like yeah. it like it was one of those like it might do well in Japanese markets. And it it did, I think. But like. It like there was talks of it getting a physical release here, and it didn't. Well, I'm I hope that like at least the moderate success of that game, like it did okay, and then this game, this upcoming title, it makes me excited about the. Weren't we supposed to get like a Shin Megami Tensei game on the Switch, or is it just like a? No, that's still yeah, happening. yeah. So I'm just wondering. I'll bet you it'll be SMT five. Oh. See, that would be exciting because they're re-releasing Strange Journey on the 3DS. And which oh that was such a right good game. but like it was so I didn't good. experience that game until after I had played through Persona three like I didn't know I oh, I didn't man. know about the actual traditional Shin Megami Tensei games like I didn't know about Nocturne or Digital Devil Saga like I didn't know about the traditional games until after I had played Persona North America North America really needs to get re releases of one and two that would sort of round everything or, off nicely or, well they like, did like, though De- on PlayStation Devil, Network Devil Summoner like oh, some of those they? offshoot ones. No, yeah. no, just Shin Megami Tensei 1 and 2. And also Megami Tensei. There, there was that on the Famicom as well. Yeah. We never I, got re-releases. I we only got those... the Persona re-releases. We got... Uh, uh, okay. it, was, it was on uh, mobile, actually. SMT 1 and yeah. 2 was available True. on, like, Android True. or something. But, like, for console, right? Mm. But those games are hardcore, man. Like, 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 the, like, the, like, bargaining system or I whatever mean, they I had. I still have a hard time liking Persona. What? I think I'm now getting to the point where I might start. Like, I think I'm now seeing the appeal of Persona Four. I just, I, I, I hate that. I it need takes... to start five. I haven't even started five yet. Oh, I, I, I finished five. Like, yeah. I got to nearly the end. It's just so, myself. and I don't remember you talking about it in the show. But let me ask you this: mm. coming from somebody who, like, just found four to like just fucking wear out my patience with like the exposition and the pace does it move just as slow or does it move a little faster oh it moves quicker yeah especially when you've got more characters there's more to do Mm -hmm. you find there's not quite enough time in the day i would almost say there's too many characters in five from what i've seen to be honest Uh, yeah Yeah. it's it skirts that Yeah. yeah i wouldn't say that five beats four i think it matches it but it wouldn't beat it because of various issues. I just every time I see four in in mo, like anytime I'll see a playthrough, I'll load. I feel like I just I'm I'm just treated to people talking all the time. And granted, 
Like, I play some really patient, like, just some text-heavy, yeah. conversation-heavy games. I love those games. But for some goddamn reason, it's just... I think, again, it just goes back to, like, like cliches and, like... I I don't I only have like so much patience for a harem or a slice of life, and like when Persona Four just immediately, I don't know. There's something about it to where none of the characters are jumping out at me, and I feel like if I do put in that time to give it that investment, then I'll have the attachment that gets to me. But like like Danganronpa, that's a crazy at like it's almost the game is practically conversations. That's all it is, but yeah. it's engaging. And those conversations are rewarding, especially when it comes to the other meat of the game, which are the trials that, like, take place. That's why, like, Danganronpa 3 coming out has got me pumped. Like, I'm really happy that that, that, that it's become a franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm excited for Octopath. I, I've... I don't know, man. I thought you would like it a little bit more. I I fucking fell in love with it. I got I think that's because I didn't play the dancer. That I but you played both. I just like I I was starting to fall asleep when I went over to the other uh the other character, but I mean it's it's gonna happen. Like I'm going to put a little more time into grinding out the characters. I I never really thought to get better equipment, if I'm totally honest. So yeah, I'll grind it out, get some extra levels, get some other equipment, and and then we'll see what I think of it. I'm then. gonna but, be honest. I don't think I would have done as well against the boss if I didn't. I think I would have struggled if I had yeah. I not. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking too. So yeah, I'll give it a shot and we'll take it from there. But uh, but yeah, outside of that though, uh, just a few other games that I've been playing here, mostly downloads. Like I said, um, actually all downloads when I think of it. Um, well, Sankotoran 2, that came out. We did the Bullet Heaven uh, episode 183 on that. Uh, so that review is uh, up on YouTube. i got to put it up on the site very shortly. Uh, it's probably going to be up by the time you hear this. Um, I played Zed Blade, which was a Neo Geo ACA title uh, on the Switch. Um, went through it on live stream, did the caravan stuff. I made it to sixth place, but I've been knocked down to seven. So I'll probably put a few more runs into that. Uh, got Last Resort for the Switch as well. Oh, it's my favorite Neo Geo shoot-em-up. It's pretty good, right? You've got it on the CD, right? Uh, I have it on CD, yeah. and I have it on the uh, Neo Geo X. Okay, yeah. Well, yeah, the X is just the uh, the MVS ROM, I think. Um, But the CD version is the best version. You've got the arranged soundtrack in there and everything, right? So, mm. yeah, best version. Um, Arrow Fighters 2, also known as Sonic Wings 2. Uh, that's on there as well. Uh, once again, played a few rounds of that. I saw and... Spin Masters recently got a release, and I got yeah. super stoked on that. Yeah, that was Cause... within the last week, I think. Yep, I got a like. I'm actually like eyeballing an eBay bid to grab that for my cab. Nice to to play with Val. Yeah, is uh, is it expensive for MVS or what? A uh, hundred and thirty. Yeah. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah, that's that's, that's not, not great bad. though, man. That's like that's... Shock Troopers. Price. That's chump. That that's chump yeah, change we're, when we're you like, think of the AES, right? Well, yeah, dude, yeah, multiple thousands of See, dollars. See, but like, here's the thing: it is stupid of me to like. I have to think about the fact that I can play this on my already expensive new Nintendo platform for like less than yeah, ten bucks, like eight bucks, or <laughs> I can spend a hundred and thirty and then play it. And downstairs I mean, on my cabinet that like will most likely not live in the next ten years. I mean, arguably, it's the best version on Switch anyways, because you've got the online score attack modes and stuff, right? 
Yeah, so it adds replay. So that man getting old is no fun, you guys. No, it's no, no. Bueno. <laughs> my my cab's just sitting yeah. there. Uh, my motherboard, I think, shot, and I don't have the time or money to get it fixed. So it's just it, it's yeah, just gonna just, sit there. That's all it, it's gonna do. It's just an ornament yeah. now. One of these days, I hope to get a Neo Geo, but I'm not sure when that'll be. Dude, I I, uh, I just want I just want an X at this point. Yeah, I mean, might as well. Or just got a switch. That's, I mean, I'll turning, right into, now. turning into the Neo Geo XL, sure, you know, sure. like, yeah. I I'll tell you right now, like, if you like, I'm gonna get my X modded. Okay. But, yeah. Like, it, it, I do like the utility of the the portable, but like, dude, like, there are so many different like uh, hardware deficiencies that I had later come to learn, mm. like. I thought that, like, one of my controllers was busted, but I never had the chance to throw away. And I came to find out that, like, if the Neo Geo X doesn't have enough charge in it when you port it to connect to TV, uh, it doesn't have enough power to transmit connection signal that a controller is plugged into it, so you have to charge it. The only way you can charge that thing is literally putting it in the system and turning on the system dock and leaving it on. So, like, and and, like, if it's, like, near death, and you unplugged it, it won't even turn on on your TV until it's got enough charge. Like, the way that thing distributes power is so mm-hmm. stupid. Yeah. Like, I... It's yeah, a little I bit like the Vita, super, too. Yeah, I... Yes. Yeah. But, I'm, like, way I'm worse. Like, I was in love with my ex, and then, like, as these issues, like, started making themselves more apparent, I'm like, man, fuck this thing. <laughs> so... Uh, okay, just to finish up here, Strikers 1945 for Nintendo Switch and Gunbar- Gunbarich for Nintendo Switch. Yeah, um, Gunbarich yep. is so good! It's it's super good, yeah. It's like Breakout with shooting elements and... Uh, and pinball! Pinball, yep. Nice. Your, your, paddle, your paddle has flippers. It's pretty fantastic. Well, no, I think the one thing Sarah was also, like, he got his nuts in a twisty for, like, he got, like, his peenies super excited for, is that it also has Tate mode. Oh, oh. yeah, you can you can switch it onto its side, and here's the coolest part. Uh, like, I know Hori makes a, a stand that you can charge your, your Nintendo yeah. Switch uh, while it's uh, in tabletop mode, right? Something you can't do with the regular kickstand. But you can use that same stand to put the screen vertically, so mm-hmm. Tate on the go. Done. Done deal. Yeah, yeah. So Strikers 1945 does exactly the same thing. So, you know, uh, both fantastic games, pretty much. Um, and they're dirt cheap. Yeah. They're like you know $8. Dollars. It's great. I, this totally reminded me, and I totally forgot until now. There's somebody on Etsy. I'm Okay. I don't know if it's on Etsy or on Instagram. I'll do research. But somebody remind me, and I will also put it in the show notes. Um, there's somebody, and I don't know if he's going to do it commercially yet for Etsy, but he was showing it off, where they built... Uh, miniature wooden cabs in the style of Neo Geo that can fit the the Nintendo Switch inside Perfect. of it as oh, the screen. Nice, and it's so dude, it's so clean. It looks so good. Um, I'll I'll definitely have to shoot that. And then if there's if he has made them commercially available for purchase uh, on an Etsy or whatnot, I will definitely drop the link in the podcast uh, show notes. Bonus. I I get one yeah, of those. For I'd sure. buy a Switch to get one. <laughs> um all right so andrew i mean we all know it but you might as well just tell us what's i mean do you want me to start with that i can i played another game besides that i did Did you 
Fuck it, let's I do did. the other game real quick. Yeah. I yeah, yeah. I played through and completed Hellblade Sense Holy Senua's shit. Okay. Sacrifice. That was tough. Yeah. Hellblade. I there we go. Nice. please talk to me about this because like I think this is the the last Ninja Theory game that was done since Devil May Cry. Yeah, that's correct. Yes, and we all know of my uh obsession and love for Enslaved, although no one else in the show shares that feeling. Yeah. That stupid is poop from I play. love Enslaved. I love it and oh. I also didn't play a lot of the re- like the remake of DMC. Uh, but I enjoyed what I did play That's of it. Good. Yeah, I enjoyed what I played of it. I didn't like their Dante so much, but I mean the game itself was solid. So going into Hellblade, I kind of wanted to play it because I had heard a lot about it. A lot of people were talking about its portrayal of mental health, and it just I I knew the game wasn't long. I knew the game was like five six hours. You know, if you played through it, um, and I kind of wanted that. I mean, I'm in a place in my life where I can't play games that have you know multiple hours i need to kind of play those smaller experiences five six hours ten hours or less games but you feel like you're getting a lot out of the experience and i got a lot out of hellblade um so just to kind of talk about the game itself it follows senua who is kind of living in this uh viking it's like set in like a viking time uh she's trying to not to get into spoilers she's trying to basically bring someone back from hell. Um, and you go through this journey with her throughout it. Does she use a blade? To she do does this? have a blade. That is, that is correct. Um, but All the right. combat's not really what you play the game for. The combat's really not that great. Like if you were to, like if oh. I were to review the game or to, you know, be critical of the game, the combat's not that great. The combat's there just to kind of like, get you to multiple parts of the story. It's the pilot. It is. Like, you have to have some kind of gameplay. If it was just a narrative experience only as an adventure game, I don't think you would... You would not feel the struggle of what she's going through. Like, you kind of have to feel like she's being beaten from every angle, that she's not going to survive this encounter, she's not going to be able to succeed in what she's trying to do. So the combat is there to basically make you feel like she's fighting a losing battle, but she's still fighting. And that's what you kind of need the combat for. It's just it's just to propel her into the story uh, of what she's experiencing, and it's such a weird thing because the combat, like, it doesn't come right out and tell you, "Here's the mechanics. Here's what you need to do." It kind of takes that, like, I know when the original Dead Space came out, a lot of the UI was on Isaac's person, and they kind of do that with Senua. Like, there's parts of the combat you can use in like to your advantage, but they don't actually tell you how to do it or when to trigger it. You just kind of have to watch her body and find out when things are happening and then do it at that moment. Um, but yeah, the combat and, and the gameplay itself is kind of secondary. It's the experience that you get to watch Senua go through and it's brutal. There was times of playing that game. I just felt like she is fighting a losing battle and you're not going to probably have the outcome that you want. But you still want to see what happens. You still want to see if you can, you know, get her to where she needs to go. And it does all of this based upon how someone deals with mental health. They actually had mental health experts. They had people that deal, that have, you know, suffered from mental health issues, you know, give their experiences, give their portrayals of what they see and what they hear and put into the game. Uh, sound design is a big part of it. You hear things uh, during the gameplay. You hear voices. 
you hear sounds, you hear um, things that are telling you to do one thing, but you're not really supposed to do it. And it kind of plays tricks with you. So it's the kind of game that you really want to wear headphones while you're playing it. So, like, do they take surround sound into uh, consideration when it comes to the the design? Absolutely. You're hearing things directionally. Like, you'll hear things coming from certain areas, and you, you know, you kind of propel yourself to that area. Um, but you'll hear voices, you'll hear things kind of like circling around you. Like it's all uh, 360 immersive sound that kind of puts you in a state of, do I believe what they're telling me? Are they lying to me? And it's supposed to kind of convey this sense of someone that's suffering from some form of mental health issues, uh, schizophrenia, you know, things of that nature. Um I got like this eternal darkness vibe by it when I first read yeah, it, but I can see that. somebody was telling me that it was a little bit more linear than that and done in a way better way as it was contextual to the story and it wasn't trying to just fuck with the player. It was actually like it wasn't trying to like do anything to affect the player like within the player's consciousness, but more or less to have the player emphasize with just what's going on with the character on screen and how it can belay to them maybe experiences of um, insecurity or inferiority that they deal with uh, on on a on a deeper level of anxiety. Like I don't know, I I hear a lot of different. Uh, I, I've heard some stuff, but like no one's really talked to me about how it plays. But essentially, you're saying that like that that experience is. Like it supersedes any sort of direct gameplay. Yeah, I feel like the experience is is the main thing that you want to take out of the game. the the The, the combat's pretty secondary. It, it it gets kind of tougher as you go through the game, and it gets to the point where it's like just you're fighting a losing battle um, when it comes to that combat. It feels like in a lot of ways, uh, especially as you get further along in the game. But like that, the puzzle solving's interesting. The puzzle solving was kind of different. I, I appreciated that. I thought it was kind of interesting to use the psychosis that you're dealing with to take the images that you're seeing that aren't actually there, but then incorporate them into the puzzle solving. So you're using images that you're seeing that aren't really there, but you're using it to kind of, it's almost like you're going deeper into your psychosis. You're going deeper into what you're seeing and what you're hearing. That's maybe not there. So it's this kind of this internal struggle that you're going through. And, uh, I guess for me personally, being kind of naive to the whole thing, not experiencing this mental health on this level or having these, you know, these difficulties to see and hear it was, it produced anxiety for me playing it. And I probably suffer from some form of anxiety, but not to the point where it's crippling, like for a lot of people that they experience. And just kind of like have that representation in a game to kind of see and feel what that's like was a new experience and it like was something that I was really grateful to have. And I think that the medium of video games is able to produce that. It's kind of hard to know what someone's going through or what they're experiencing in their head. When you watch a movie, you listen to music or you read a book to have it in a video game definitely did portray it in a different light. And I think that it was successful in that. I've seen articles and I've seen things that have been said about the game since it came out that here's what they got wrong about mental health or here's the thing that they didn't do right. That might be true. I'm just glad that they actually did it. They represent it in a way where they weren't being like condescending and they weren't like, here's this guy shaking and talking to himself and just making it like a cliche thing. Like they tried to take it and, and be serious about it for a change. And I think they did a good job of doing that and playing through the game and beating it and being able to experience that 
in a short amount of time and not devoting a lot of time to it was beneficial for me because now I feel like I can sympathize more with what someone that deals with uh, a mental health issue might actually go through. It might not be 100% representative of what they actually do deal with, but I feel better for playing it. And I think that's something that you don't get a lot in video games. Like, I morally feel better about myself. Like it was just cathartic in Absolutely. the sense. Like... Yeah, okay. so I mean, it, it, it was I... cool. And I, I'm glad they did it. And to know it came from such a very small team, and it was you know priced at a small you know it was, it was priced at like thirty dollars or forty dollars something like that. Um, I think we need that in games. I think we need like smaller but more uh, you know beneficial experiences in our games. I think they're 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 doing a good job by doing that. Yeah, I kind of had like, granted, like my own personal hatred in <laughs> vendetta against horses. Like really, no, I would, yeah, against horses. I'm I'm going in the direction of BoJack Horseman. Yeah. Uh, Ninja Theory, DMC kind of did a lot of like it redeemed Ninja Theory in a lot of different ways. Because I'm like, you guys know like okay, what makes a good game now, right? Just uh, but like I don't know. I've been wanting to play Hellblade. It's just it it's a matter of time. Yeah, and I I think you have but, to be in this in like a good mindset to play it. Like it it, it kind of took me personally like kind of to some dark places. Like you almost kind of get like a little too introspective. Very much so. Yeah. Like you start thinking about like, what am I dealing with or what am I thinking about? Like, if this is the kind of struggle someone has when they're dealing with this, like is my struggle or what I'm upset about that important when it comes to something like this? Like I just, it does make you feel a lot of things that I don't think games really portray as well. So I, I'm, I'm glad that I had the experience. I thought it was really uh, worthwhile for sure. Um, the, the point before we move on, um, apparently there was a recent episode of BoJack Horseman that I read about. Um, I believe Julia Alexander was writing about it on Polygon and I've watched bits and pieces of BoJack and told myself I really need to dedicate like some time to that. But from what I'm hearing, not only by her account, but other people, uh, it kind of just goes to show that like the, the representation of uh you know poor mental health and like poor self-medicating uh and and coping mechanisms that like take place and just like that veritable like just talking yourself off the edge and and all that is definitely being done in a in a much more tasteful manner as opposed to as you were mentioning like just a fucking the shaky babbling incoherent nervous wreck of emotion that we normally see which is yeah usually like that's the product of something like that that goes on quite more it, it doesn't really jump from one to 60 mm-hmm. like that but i yeah i i'm been interested in checking it out but i will say that there's a part of me like hearing more about it and now that you've described that it really does go into some detail I'm a bit apprehensive to mm-hmm. play it. Like, I don't think I was in like, I don't. I I don't want to compare the two, but like, there was another game that like I that took me mentally uh, some time to uh, prepare to play it, and even like some of the other narrative games, like, fuck, The Walking Dead season three, uh, like you know, coming off the experiences from season one and two. Uh, certain instances were they were intentionally meant to emotionally toy sure. with you, but. I feel like I, I don't know. I don't know if I have the constitution for it like I used to. It kind of fucks with me at times. 
but we'll I guess we'll Yeah, I mean I'm kind of like that with like Gone Home. I remember playing that and just being so grateful for the experience, but as a video game I could care less. Like it 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 wasn't about <laughs> being a video game anymore, it was about like teaching me something. <laughs> you know, making me like understand uh something that maybe I hadn't taken the time to understand before, and I was able to do that through a video game. Like it just I would have never taken the time personally to seek out that kind of understanding about something that I wasn't really too informed about. And now I'm able to, now I have more of an understanding because of something I played in the game. And that's, that's kind of cool that I can do that. Talk to me about destiny. Spe- speaking Tell of me. understanding, understand that destiny two <laughs> is better than destiny. It's more, it's more destiny, but it's like, it's really good. It's really good. <laughs> And I haven't played a whole lot of it. I, w- I wish I had played a ton of it. I'm at the game right now where other people I know that play Destiny on a regular basis were at the the day after it came out. Like, pe- people were, uh... like, hitting max levels, like, two days after it came out. Like, people were, like, ready for the raid a weekend. Um, that's not where I'm at, unfortunately, but I'm enjoying it. Uh, the campaign is really good. Like, you get some serious Halo vibes from the campaign. Uh, especially, like, I got a lot of Halo Reach out of the experience because, you know, huh. it's them fighting this battle and they don't think they're going to win. And, you know, it's, it's, I got a lot of Halo Reach out of it. I never played ODST myself personally, but I've heard people say it has a lot of ODS, a lot of ODST feel to the campaign. But I definitely got a sense of Halo Reach. Like, it's Bungie kind of doing what Bungie has, m- they should have been doing since destiny one, but now they're not being really held back or getting told to go one direction or the other. They can kind of make the game that they were meant to make. And I think they did that in the campaign. Um, I, I played through that. And I'm at, at the point in the game right now where I'm kind of like grinding to get my level higher. I'm trying to get ready for the nightfalls, trying to get ready for the raid. Um, there's just so much to do in that game. There's almost too much. The levels are too big. Now there's too much to do on a regular basis it's a lot to keep up with. It's very grind heavy. Um, but no, it, it, it took the stuff that was good. It took the shooting mechanics. It took the, the grind, which people enjoyed from the first one and kept all that, but they're putting more reasons to play it, more story to get excited about. The lore is not in a bunch of grimoires anymore. The lore is like in the game that you can experience and hear about. Um, everything so far has been really good. Like I, I was, super into the first one. So I wasn't expecting I would be upset by the second, but it's, it's hitting on all cylinders. It's doing everything that you would hope that the sequel would do. I've been hearing that. And it's weird too, because like, I, I haven't even finished a campaign on destiny one. You really don't have to. I didn't get (laughs) like, I, I, they, it's kind of unfortunate because everything you did in the first campaign, they've kind of just swept under a rug. Like they don't even really talk about it. Like, they kind of just like, oh, I wonder what happened to them. And that's all they really mention about it the whole time. But even then, like, as far as your character progression and what, like, what you you got to unlock, I'm sure, like, something of benefit for carrying over. Nothing game specific. Nothing. You basically keep your likeness. And depending on what you accomplished in the first game, you may have gotten some emblems to represent your accomplishments in the first one. That's it. You're starting over with new armor, new weapons. Like the only cool thing about it, and it's kind of a spoiler, um, but it's been talked about a lot. So 
unfortunately, if someone hasn't played Destiny 2 yet and played Destiny 1, I might spoil the initial thing that you see when you first boot up the game. Um, it will walk you through accomplishments and milestones that you achieved in the first game, but they're just like, 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 uh, static images. They're just like one picture. It'll say what you did. Like you beat the raid on this day and you beat it with these people and it'll show your fire team of the people that you beat the raid with. And it'll go through all those events that you did in the first game, but it's just kind of talking about your legacy before they blow up and destroy everything. Um, <laughs> But no, it's it's really good, and I feel like the grind isn't mindless. Like you feel like there's a reason to do all the stuff you're doing and to play and do all the strikes and do all the patrol missions. Um, you feel like there's a reason why you're doing it. And you're devoted, you know. Like you're, you're there's purpose to what you're doing. At least it feels like there's purpose to what you're doing. It's not just mindless. You're not just grinding just to grind. Like you feel like there's a reason why you're doing it. Um, yeah, but so far I've really enjoyed it. And it's just, it's the same, you know, great social experience the game has always been. I've never really played the game solo because it's just not as much fun. Like, you want to play with your friends, you want to jump in with random right. people and play it. So, I mean, it's it does that very well. I, I know I've been yawning a lot. I've been up since 4.30 in the morning because I also went to go do that Pokemon Go event in San Jose. There's a Pokemon oh, Go so... event? Jeez. Like, like, like is it like yeah. official event or is it just like people were just an official event with Niantic. Oh, uh, wow. In fact, I am holding the one little my instinct wristband that I got and uh limited edition poster for the first one thousand that's like in the room somewhere. Um but I am I am feeling it. <laughs> and like let me tell you that event was so not worth it. <laughs> it oh, like like, like, like most of the game, sadly. Yeah, just all it did was uh, the appearance of starters were like just crazy mm-hmm. amped, and like that was that part was totally accurate. Like there was literally nothing but starters, so like I caught up on a lot of that uh, candy uh, for that grind. Um, and then the appearance of Larvitar and Lapras would also be increased. Um, I ran into two Larvitar within the span of six hours. And two Lapras in the span of six mm. hours. And it was uh, the overall hike with the route that they had planned through town. Like, it was, they basically did a partnership with San Jose where they took the bike festival and the walking festival and they combined it with Pokemon Go. So there was a different, there was a whole bunch of different walks of life. Um, I walked about 12 miles uh, total um, today and did all that. And then we drove home, and then I was trying to finish up some other stuff. But yeah, dude, like, I was totally like curious to see because this is the they've been doing this all over the East Coast, um, and I was kind of seeing like what like Niantic's involvement was in. It was fucking because you're also handling out raffles to where um, you could like win the chance to give a tour of their headquarters in San Francisco. Uh, you just had to find somebody in a Pikachu hat. Um, dude, it was just a bunch of people in like shirts that looked like they were made in Facebook campaign shirts. And then the Pikachu <laughs> hats were all belted to their sides. They weren't even wow. wearing them, which granted it was unusually hot for San Jose weather. It was like seven or it was like 87 mm. when it's normally like 70. So like everybody was like, eh, kind of hot. I don't, I wasn't bothered by it, but like, yeah, I, I, nobody really wanted to wear hats like or if they did it 
just for cooling or whatnot. Um, yeah, interesting. There were there are still lots of people there that were there for Pokemon Go, hmm. and we got to talk to some nice people. Uh, also, a lot of people from my town. Uh, everyone that's consistently still playing here went today. Um, so that was also interesting. But yeah, it was it was not worth the travel and the time and the investment and. It kind of bums me out because the only other thing that they've done, which is like six hours from me, was in Anaheim. They did the Safari Zone event, and I think that was that would have been way more beneficial. So, hmm. anyway, I just wanted to explain why I was yawning. Oh. I'm like, I'm totally in the conversation, but like, I'm fucking exhausted. I can't blame you, Jesus Christ, man. It's a long day. Yeah, yeah, but like, I caught like. Uh, I can make another Charizard, and I can make another Blastoise, and I feel accomplished. There you go. So it, was, it, was, it was worth doing. Why it. am I still playing this fucking game, you guys? I don't. A lot know. of people. I a lot of people would it. say that I about do. me and Destiny. I'm sure, but hey, you, you do what you gotta do. I understand. And then, well, like shit, dude. At least with like you, you got Destiny two out of it, and like I've and I've been wanting to play it. I've been, I miss like having like some sort of online uh escape mm-hmm. that I can do like you know I can't really do that in 11 anymore 14 is just too tight and that's the thing like if I can't justify it for 14 because of the the time consumption and the commitment how can I do that for Destiny 2 and from what I've gathered it it's not as casual as I'd like to think like there there is some commitment there uh, to an extent, like I can play it for the single player experience, but like, you know, if people are going to be doing raids or be doing like co-op missions or whatnot, then like, yeah, you, you'll definitely I, hit a wall if you're doing just single player only stuff. Like you can get matched up with people during strikes, but to do like the end game stuff, you have to be playing with a party of people. So, I mean, you'll hit, you'll hit a point where if you're not playing multiplayer and you're not doing the raid, you're kind of going to be stuck. Yeah. Right. And like I was there before in other like online experiences that were flexible where like they say like I'm pretty independent, but at the end of it, if I don't have homies, then I'm spinning my wheels mm. and I'm pretty much LFG. Yeah. And like I, you know, I, I kind of have to justify like, do I have that commitment anymore when I've already like for a game that I've already invested in and miss like going back to, which is Final Fantasy. Like, I don't even know how Sarah still sticks with Final Fantasy 14. Like, it's, I don't... I don't know. I just enjoy it. It, it also helps to have people to play with. Yeah, right? yeah, man. Ultimately. Well, no, no, no. I, no, no, I enjoy 14 as well. And I do, like... I, I mean, I'm pretty sure I don't have people to play with it any longer just from the length of absence. But, um... Yeah, man. It's just... It gets hard to, like, find the time to log into it at least every other day, you know? Like, not, not to mention, like, you know, there was a point where you found yourself logging into it every day. And then that slowly no longer becomes the case. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, yeah. Fuck, I mean, I, I, you know, you if you're invested enough into it, you find the time, right? But uh, but yeah, I mean, there are times where I'm like, you know, I've just got so much to do. Can I really, honestly, be playing this right and, now? And honestly, with like a paying a price per month to play it, like at least with Destiny, like you buy it for sixty bucks and then that's it. Like you have all the content. Like yeah. paying a monthly fee is a tough sell for me. Like I would probably still play WoW 
if it was the only game I was playing, I was paying the ten to fifteen dollars a month to play it. But if you're playing other stuff, it just you can't justify the monthly fee. I, I I just can't do that if I'm playing other stuff. If it was the only game I played and that was it, I wouldn't mind it so much. But yeah, for paying per month, it just doesn't seem like I I can justify it. But as far as Destiny Two, you like should I make that plunge? Because I've been kind of wanting to play a shooter. It it's a it's a good shooter. Ultimately, at the end of the day, the shooting mechanics are solid. Like it feels good to get a headshot. The aim assist is really generous, so you don't have to be like a crack shot to really feel like you're successful. Um, and it's just a fun game. Like ultimately, you can even play that game. Like I'll play and just do single player stuff and listen to podcasts or listen to Spotify, and I'll do it for an hour a night or you know whatever I'm doing to relax before I you know go to bed after work. Like it's it's a cool thing to just kind of jump in, play for an hour, and you feel like you accomplished something. Um, but if you can give it the time and you have the open availability to do a lot of the big stuff that the game offers, you can do that. You can put six to ten hours into a raid if you get a good fire team, or you can do the multiplayer, or you can do Iron Banner, and that's all coming back in the sequel. So there's, I mean, yeah. for sixty dollars, I think you could probably get a lot out of it. I, I think it's a good investment, um, but play with people, and ultimately if you're going to get it, get on PS4 so you can play with me. Um, oh yeah, and, and And I'll at least be committed to playing an hour here and there a couple of nights a week. I can at least say that for sure. I kind of want to, yeah, I want to try to do that and then kind of like t- write about my experiences with it going in as like this dude, like, I put so much time into the beta and yeah. alpha, and then by the time the game, like, just came out, I don't know what it was, but, like, I, it just came out in this maelstrom of other yeah. games, and, like, it just and, did and not. And everybody kind of bounced off the game when it first came out, because the campaign was finished in a matter of a couple hours, and then you had, like, actually nothing to do, and it's just everyone bounced off it. It was very hard for people to come back to the game. I had played it originally on Xbox One, and then everyone dropped off, and I kind of gave up on it. I didn't come back until the Taken King had come out, which was the third expansion. So I had skipped through an entire year of content, came back with Taken King, and that's where it hit stride. A lot of people think Taken King still is the best uh, content the game has had since it was, was released. So that brought a lot of people back, and I think a lot of people stuck it out because of that. Um, but I think you're in a good place. I think if you come back and play two you kind of don't have to worry about all the stuff that you had to suffer through in the first game. And it's, it's all pretty solid right now. So, I mean, it, I think it'd be worth your while for sure. Um, cool. I have a lot of games that I want to talk about, but I'm only going to talk about one just, you know, for the, cause we've actually damn dude, we've been playing. It's been, it's been like, good time for games great. for sure. It has. I always like God, dude. This year, like, I keep thinking about like when we do Golden Zonkeys for 2017. What a shit show! It's gonna be tough. It's gonna be tough. Yeah. So I do want to talk about Uncharted Legacy, but like, I also at the same time there isn't like. I think continuing on uh, the using the engine of Uncharted Four and then doing so and purposely structuring it in a way where it doesn't. interfere with the finality of uncharted 4 was very brilliant um and there's a there's a particular moment in the game that shines throughout 
like it compares to anything else and that's chapter four like near the middle of the game uh the game like kind of goes back to that open world feel that like uh certain sections of four did but like focuses like a big portion of it and it like there's even like these optional like missions and treasures that you can do like it was the most open world that i think uncharted ever felt like and man it was really satisfying to drive around and like just chase these it, it like i think aside from uh you know the golden compass or and i'm sorry the golden abyss <laughs> sorry golden compass was just the shitty movie um <laughs> aside from the golden abyss it's like one of the few times where you actually felt like a treasure hunter and and not some gun-toting mercenary who was after treasure um and there was a lot of reward to it and you also got to see like a completely different side to some characters, especially Chloe Frazier. There's a depth to her. Like there's a depth to her that like, I was really surprised that I didn't think they would ever even touch upon, but they did so because like, you know, if you're a fan and you've already followed her, like at, at this point, like six games deep, uh, even though she was introduced some point later, but like they go back and they retcon her and whatnot. And they, they, they extol her importance. Um, if you ever wondered about like the reason she has an accent and why she has an accent for the skin color that she has and, and everything um, like that's covered in lost legacy, they cover her past and they do so in a really concise way. They, they give you all the information that tells you why she's in this business and they even cover like Nadine and they turn what was really an unlikable character because she was a villain in the previous outing. And then, like they do redeem her in a way that's actually very satisfying the whole time. I didn't care for her. And the whole time, like I was very much in this like mindset where I'm just like, uh, dude, I have a feeling I'm going to have to betray her. And if I do, I, I will have like no remorse towards it. But the game found a really, you know, there was, there's great writing that totally like found a way to gel that. And I think there was one thing that I really enjoyed in that, like we we're still, we like we're late on our, our uncharted uh, video, but where there's more to it. But like one thing that Andrew and I really enjoyed about three and we were praising was like the contextual combat. And they bring that back through like tag team moves. However, I think it's ingenious that they did this. There's going to be a lot of points within the plot, like narratively speaking, where you as Chloe are not getting along with Nadine like you are your partnership is like hanging by a, a string and during that moment like during those moments where like there's like strife uh the tag team moves are not as fluid they're harder to pull off and they're even like they're, they're visually forced like is in like the, it's there because it's there for the means to an end like they like both characters do not want to have to interact with each other as they're taking down an enemy, but do versus where like they are on the same page and they're, they're getting along and they're the, there's even moments where they really get along uh, that the synergy of their tag team combat together is really good and much easier to perform. I thought that was so fucking ingenious. It, it made me already invest myself in like some, like a narrative and writing that I was planning and fully prepared myself to engross myself into, but it, it gave me a new appreciation when it came to the gameplay and it's really good. And for its price, like I know 40 bucks is that's, that's a pretty big price point. I'll tell you right now, the length of it, I was surprised it was as short as what it was for the price, mm. but mm. 
it is it's but still very also good. like for the people that bought the season pass of the Uncharted Four, got it. Like I I I got the you know whatever deluxe edition of Uncharted Four that came with the season pass, which was like a twenty dollar value. And to get a $40 game with that, like, at least they honored that. Like, I thought that was kind of a cool move for them to, like... Yeah, like, them. it was supposed to be yeah. DLC, and they, they they did so much with it that they're like, oh, this can be a yeah. own game. Like, but it also kind of, like, makes me, like, fuck, man, I want to go buy this physical game now. Because it, it was released at retail. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, there's physical in, like, you know, so I would love just to like have a, that. like a physical version of uh, of an expansion, right? Right, Isn't that really, all it is, but, yeah. like, but like standalone, yeah, but, but standalone, standalone. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, you don't need four to play it, but like, um, and there is multiplayer. They oh. included like they really tried to flesh out that price. So they include yeah, the multiplayer Uncharted Four multiplayer it. along with it. Okay, yes, that's. And there's other modes. They they like they really tried to flesh. So it out, you could kind of say like uh, Halo Three ODST did that, right? They did like a standalone thing. But it was supposed to be DLC, and then they include the multiplayer, and they sold that for full price, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, but ODST is oh, lower. Oh, okay, gotcha. It's much, like I can see why okay. they did it here. It's like it's weird. It's in this weird limbo where this is longer than DLC, <laughs> but it's not. It doesn't feel like it's long for enough to be its sure, own sure. game. Yeah, like I don't want to spoil it, but like the chapters, like don't get anywhere near like either of the games like even like the shortest game is golden abyss and it's golden abyss is still yeah. longer um not by much though you know what yeah i'll give it that it's not okay. by much but... i i will say after the conversation we had uh on the previous podcast shortly before this came out uh it did get me wanting to play four because i have not finished four you and i really to need to play four because i have the dlc now uh like i said it was part of the season pass so it's downloaded i have it I need to finish four, and I'm not very far in four at all. So that's hopefully the next thing that I'll eventually do. Is play I think that. there's actually there's moments like there are certain firefight uh-huh. sections that are done a little bit better than in four. Uh, four's AI is weird, but like I like to play on okay. hard. But like I will say, like there is a huge emphasis on stealth in uh, Lost Legacy. Like I almost. Like, there were very few large firefights, and, like, I actually was thinking back, like, as I'm preparing the review, I'm like, because I like to play stealthily, um, a lot of the large firefights I was in were the unavoidable ones that were done because of plot. Because, you know, plot will uh, do mm-hmm. that. But anyway, um, there's a lot of, like, there's going to be reviews for fucking Night Trap, Windjammers, uh, and Yakuza. Holy shit. I might actually complete Yakuza. Like, I did not think I... No, but, like, like completion it. Like, I will get every single <laughs> Oh, like, 100% thing it. it. So, get that, okay. uh, get that yeah. platinum That's going to be tough with some of the collectibles, I, I'm sure. Yeah, the collectibles are pretty fucking gnarly. But anyway, we'll talk about that on the next show. Until then, let's get to our featured topic. So, 
man, again, this is kind of a challenging subject to approach, but like, I think in, in some instances it's easier, and like, let's look at the instance of something like Minecraft, for example. Like, Minecraft has been around for upwards of about 10 years. I mean, it's getting close to 10 years, and I'm talking about when it like was first available, not when it first commercially saw its success and like got to the point mm-hmm. that it did. But like around that time, like and and even then, like Notch, while also like known as just like a weird eccentric fellow, was a dude who like he he was known as like the guy behind Minecraft. Uh, somewhat of a quirky dude and a guy who threw like the best parties at events like anytime there was uh like he he was famous for his gdc parties uh dude also threw some events here and there for like indiecade or uh indie like mega expo or or mega booth expo sorry or uh fucking packs like dude dude got around and and dude very much like really ingratiated himself within the culture and industry of games with that being said, uh, especially with a lot of his recent commentary and his like really shitty derogatory actions and behavior towards certain subject matter, that's just gross. Like the dude's just been outright gross and like like a troll. Like speaking of the sea bomb, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, dude, yeah, he's just throwing it around now. Like the like he's throwing it around like free kittens in front of Walmart. Like the dude. Is just and and like it's really it's a much easier to dismiss like his actions and his behavior while not letting that that spill over into Minecraft because he doesn't have anything to do with Minecraft like in a sense like commercially mm-hmm. other than credits of being the original creator like Microsoft owns it it is it is a completely like it is a insular product that like heartily is separated uh, from any of that. But at the same time, is it? Because again, like you have to go back to the fact like it would not come into existence had it not been for notch. So people like kind of have their own like self-contained moral compass and they, you know, we've always thrown around the statement, like you got to vote with your dollar. I mean, when there are instances like this, where these like, awesome experiences like these wonderful games like games that are not only fun but they actually uh do something to contribute to the genre and just like the medium as itself like whether it be by design or just by a message and then we find out that they're fucking perpetrated by like like really really shitty people like what does it say about those people who like almost like i don't want to say in ignorance but in in a uh uh, omission of like this dude who like says and does these things and yet we're still playing minecraft or we're still excited to hear about minecraft but like we want to tell ourselves it's okay because he's not affiliated with in a way that supports him or maybe it does like he did like a we does notch get any money towards any sales i don't know the details of his agreement or his sale with microsoft i can't imagine like if anything like I, th- I think where Minecraft makes the most money is its mm-hmm. merchandise. And it's a household name. Like, moms know what Minecraft is. Like, gr- like grandmothers Grandparents, know what, yeah. They know what Minecraft is at this point. Like, how do you, like, how do you substantiate, like, 
like a reflection of you as a person when like you're into this or you're like you're still okay with playing it and these same grandmothers or mothers like get curious like i don't think they'll google like basically like i i don't i, I don't want to belabor it any longer like can can we are we a part of the problem when we still fucking play these games that like and there are so many other examples but he comes to mind he's a little easier because he's not necessarily in the picture anymore. Some of these people may not be, and some of them are in the picture, like still. So, like, like, all right. For example, you guys are aware of uh, Jeeper, uh, Jeepers Creepers three coming out, right? The yeah. movie. So, the movie. This is a oh, thing that is ooh. coming out. Uh, in Jeepers Creepers three, is been directed by the same director. Dude, that dude's been convicted of child molestation back in 1988 and, like, served time, did stuff. But, like, he's also fought, uh, like, this dude has been, like, repeatedly, like, he's been on the cusp of, like, doing that again. Like, and there's evidence to show that. And he's been doing that all while... And, like, you don't know this. And for, like, for all intents and purposes, like, I don't know what I could have done... Like you might have had a fond spot for Jeepers Creepers, like in in the back of your headspace, as far as like whether you enjoy schlocky horror films or or anything of that nature, but like the fact that like you now know this fact, like it's going to undoubtedly affect how you watch or if you choose to watch Jeepers Creepers, right? Because by effect, you are supporting like doing so you're you're basically like you're almost making a concession saying well i guess that's okay as long as this is a thing right Mm. and like where do we draw that line because like child molestation that is super Mm. not okay like that is like absolute fucking awful horrible like you know i don't i don't think i need to go into that point that like that seems easy and obvious and only that like fuck there are so many better options so like you're not really losing out on much but then you look at something like minecraft or or like earthworm jim uh like something that pioneered like presentation and animation uh, uh whether like like animation or music or soundtrack something that you didn't think was possible within a game based on like technical limitations and then something like that happening and completely changing your idea of what a game can do as a result that's done by like some fucking like bible beating like homophobic asshole who's like whose only like contribution in anything is like like the dude just works on veggie tales at this point like that's all he's doing like and to, to, to basically to go on and I don't know if anybody's familiar with Heather Alexandria of Kotaku or familiar of what what happened recently. She decided to do a a um a timepiece like just a a look back at Earthworm Jim mm-hmm. and was just making fair criticisms but like holding it to like current standards and like he then responded back to her piece and intentionally misgendered her and said, you're a good man, Heather. Uh, games were just made differently back then. You know, maybe you'll, when you understand that, then you'll get why we designed the game the way we did. I'm like, okay, I don't know what kind of narcissistic shit, 
that gives you like I mean I'm sure somebody brought it to his attention, but then to just do that and then respond in such a childish way, like like intentionally, like you like who uses that as an opener? The only purpose of doing that is to, like, is to be not even passive aggressive, just be a, a condescending mm-hmm. piece of shit. Like, how do you how do you support Earthworm Jim? Because like he he's not directly involved with it. Like um. Like Shiny Entertainment's now owned by somebody else, and by virtue they own Earthworm Jim. But Doug Tenapol gets like residuals from anything that happens with Earthworm Jim. Like there was a Kickstarter that was almost gonna happen for a remake. Uh, or no, 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 Booger Man was gonna get a remake, wow. and Pick Earthworm Jim. Yeah, but like it was gonna get a fat like remake, and Earthworm Jim was actually gonna be a big part of that. And Doug would have gotten residuals out of any of those mm-hmm. sales. And, like, you kind of have to think, like, you know, like, how, like, how would you guys come about it? Like, I, I'm trying to present the point as best I can. And, like, I know I haven't really chosen a side. And I think that's the whole point of the conversation. It's very difficult to because, like, you know, we when do we choose to look at them as people versus like you know, game designers or game developers? So you know, the conversation of separating the artists from their art. You know, can you purchase or support a game uh, if someone involved is somebody that you don't agree with or don't support their beliefs or what they're, you know, what the, what they're. Uh, the, the, the I guess what their gender or the actions they've taken. Um, I think a lot of it comes down to, unfortunately, in most of these instances, these people have kind of became celebrities. You know, they've taken on the role of we're going to be the face of this game. We're going to be the face of this product. There's so many people involved with Minecraft, but if Notch is the creator and kind of the main face of the product, what he does and says is going to affect the product. Regardless on if there's other people that have worked on it and have been involved with it that don't share his beliefs or share his, uh, you know. Colorful. Yes, and, and this happens a lot. Um, you know, I can think of a lot of people that are like the face of a product that maybe you just don't like. Like, I, not even so much what he says, what he does, or what he believes in, but like someone like a Cliff Blazinski. Like, you see the guy, and you're like, I fucking hate this dude. This guy's a douchebag. (laughs) And you don't buy his product because, like, I just don't like him as a person. That's unfortunate because you don't give the product its just due. Like, you don't give the pro, you you don't base the product on the product itself. You base it on the person that's representing it. So that's tough. That, that kind of comes down to a personal choice. Yeah, but just looking like a douchebag and then getting convicted for are two different things. Station are two different things. Very true. Know? I I agree with you completely. I do. Um, and I think the whole PewDiePie situation kind of goes into that. You know, like yeah. him as a person isn't necessarily the product he's putting out, but how he is as a person affects how his you know product is being. It affects YouTube. It, it affects, affects the us. whole yeah the, the the entire industry. Because uh, they see one person that's, you know, fucking it up, it fucks it up for everyone. It's... It, it, 
It's tough because I, I remember it's, it's, like when Shadow Complex came out, we talked about this briefly, you know, when it came out that uh, the person that wrote the lore of Shadow Complex, uh, Orson Scott Card, had his own personal beliefs and things that, you know, a lot of people wouldn't agree with. A lot of people didn't play the game, but I, I liked that game a lot and I had bought it before the fact I knew that um, and still played the game. So it's it's tough. I mean, even even then, with uh, Bill Willingham's like he's got some nationalist views that are like, uh, uh, I and I think nationalism is just a dangerous uh-huh. sentiment, and like some of them were just like, and even then, some of that spilled into some of his writing, uh, where like he's made direct, like he makes direct comparisons to the Israeli mm-hmm. conflicts. Uh, within the writing of fable, like because there, there is a giant war that's going on within the story of fables. Now, whether or not the Wolf Among Us two will address it, because the Wolf Among Us has kept it really simple and just took the premise and just made a prequel and did not like attach any of the Maybe expansive yeah. storytelling. That's which was good, and because like I mean, even then, like. I think the dude's kind of spinning his wheels. I'm I'm trying to accept it or like trying to like read it and get into it. But like there's a like Fables is finished and then there's like After uh-huh. Fables, which is currently like an ongoing uh issue. So it's just like what was the point of finishing it? I don't know. I, now I'm just getting off track. But um, but you kind of bring up a good point, you know, the artist letting some of their personal feelings, beliefs, outlooks kind of going into their product. There's people that will do that, and there's people that will not do that. So where do you distinguish where you take offense? Uh, If if their voice is being incorporated into the product, like if Jonathan Blow and his, you know, beliefs are being portrayed in the, you know, in Braid or The Witness, like if it's not, are we ourselves maybe being closed-minded to playing or experiencing the product because of the belief of the person that created it? I I think so, because, like, okay... You guys are all familiar with The Simpsons. I mean, I would like... So, there's an episode that kind of spoke out to me about this whole subject. It was uh, a season 8 episode, Lisa the Iconoclast. Uh, The premise of the episode is that she's doing a report on uh, Jebediah Springfield. And within her research and uh, working with the town's foremost expert... um, she kind of comes across some like gnarly details about Jebediah where he was not the famous town founder and hero that he was made out to be. He was actually a terrible, terrible human being and completely fabricated uh, or allowed all the like mis misrepresentations of his character. And he actually like it was, there's, he had a much more sinister history and see, like, Lisa at that point, like, took it upon herself. Like, she wanted to expose that. She, like, she felt like the town had lived the lie long enough. Almost to the point where, like, the town's foremost expert, when he came to the discovery of it himself, he felt like his life was a sham. And, like, I feel like that's an allegory for, like, people who, like, devote, like, some sort of fandom or following. Like, they, like, build this attachment like, I can't imagine, like, people who, like, really, really play Minecraft and love it, and then, like, they, they see, like, Notch spew this, like, awful rhetoric, and, like, you know, like, they they feel the same. 
I can't imagine, like, I'm going to be honest, like, we've always talked shit on Jonathan Blow, but, like, we've done so in a way that, like, ah, dude, like, I, I think I, I've done so in a way where, like, it was always facetious or maybe not so critical. But then, like, the moment, like, the dude started, like, preaching, like, fucking, oh, man, the term for it, uh, bio... Like not biopolitics, but basically preaching yeah. bio, yeah, bio sure. uh, uh, preferably son-in-law. Okay. Um, just my preference. But anyway, in in, uh, in the army now. Kept... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh God. He he was basically like not directly, but subtly hinting at like the recent like the the controversy within the internal Google memorandums that got leaked where essentially these memorandums suggested that, like, females were not innate to, like, the uh, the career field or path in, like, uh, technical skill of programming and coding. And then he chimed in, and he was just like, hey, you guys are looking at this wrong way. I mean, me personally, like, in my experiences growing up, like, I can, I can see what that memorandum is saying, and, like, women just don't take to it. And I feel like, you know, again we've copped up to like some of those like mistakes in our past. And there were some growing pains in that. And like, when you do that, I, I will admit, I, I consider Jonathan blow for as condescending as he can be a very intelligent individual. Um, and like, I respect people that are smarter than me. I respect people that aren't, but like, I, like, I especially like, I, I hold like some sort of torch. Cause I like, I like the ability to like, kind of like, attach myself to somebody that can like make me grow or like learn in such a way. And even though, um, and I still, to this day, I do not like the witness. I think the witness was not what it was cracked out to be, but I still applaud like the direction they tried to go in and whatnot to kind of like hear and see him say these things was, it was a letdown. And like, there was a moral in that, that Simpsons episode to where, like they ended up not revealing the truth because they felt that the symbolism of Jebediah Springfield was more important mm-hmm. than the truth. And that's what goes back to what you're saying, uh, Andrew. And I kind of want to um, maybe like, I don't know, like, are we bad people as a result? But like if the product or therefore like, like the message has nothing to do with like maybe some of the hateful roots attached to it, then like, who are we? Like, are we, are we a part of the problem or are we someone that like maybe just didn't want to like close our minds? Off I, I feel in a way, I feel like that's the case. I feel like if we're not open-minded enough to experience a product made by someone who we don't maybe agree with or support individually, then how can we hope that they can change or, you know, maybe in the worst case scenario, just don't talk like just like, just, just, just don't, <laughs> Just be quiet. Like, you can believe and think and do whatever you want to do. You are a individual person. You are entitled to those rights to do and say whatever you want. Just don't talk about it, and then I think we'll all be okay. I mean, they almost – I mean about that, but I don't – I think it's impossible for developers or just people in general not to – To insert their own like personal things? I mean, themselves and in a way, yes. No, well, those things, yeah, those things should never just be quiet. But at the same time, like, also, it just sucks because then if, like, that's really attached to their personality, that's really shitty. Yeah. 
But like we also we have a craving for this like cult of personality where like we either want to be a part of it or we want to witness it and we like we want to give like more meaning to it and like I feel like people slip up and they kind of reveal a little bit more than they should and and then you like you know it's there and it's bad but then you were just like sure yeah, like, or quiet. or they like, get caught in it like I know the whole uh, debacle last year with Palmer Lucky. VR was set to be this big deal. Oh. Oculus was supposed to be this big thing. Facebook threw all their money towards it. And then it got out that he was supporting, uh, you know, certain things financially. Trump threw and, monkey. And probably didn't come around and say he was doing it. It just had come out and he was exposed for it. And because of that, he kind of was removed as, uh, you know, someone that was involved with that company. Uh, because it put them in a bad light. Like you said, it took the entire idea of VR, took the entire company and put them in a bad light for the beliefs and mistakes of one person. And so they removed him. Um, it's tough. I, I feel like personally I can experience and play games that are made by people that I don't agree with. But at the same time, I have the right to say, I'm not going to support this because I, I strongly disagree with it. But to, to not play a product that some people worked really hard on because of one person, I do, I do feel like that's a little bit close-minded. I, when you look at the team effort as a whole, that does make If it, it was one person and one person only, then yes, I understand that completely. But to punish the whole for the, you know, the mistakes of one, it just, to me... I, I, I wouldn't, but well, like, I mean, I, I can understand where a lot of people would come from because of that. Well, what about you, Sarah? Like, I'm, I don't know. I'm a little more um, hard headed in that sort of respect. If, if I don't agree with somebody and like they rub me the wrong way, I have no problem cutting myself off completely from whatever they earth, do. Man. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I'll, I'll burn the bridge that I just crossed. Um, Especially in the case of like, uh, like Notch, for example, when uh, when he went down the path that he did, I'm just like, wow, I'm I'm so glad that I've never played Minecraft and I'm never gonna pick mm-hmm. it up, um, because in the grand scheme of things, there are many many other, and this is this mostly applies. It almost exclusively applies, I'd say, to uh, to people with high visibility, because why should someone who's made so much money and and decided to uh to you know play the cards that they did because they knew they could get mm-hmm. away with it pewdiepie is a, is an egregious example of this i'd say an egregious of- offender of this fact you know they they've got the means to recover from this um why should i support somebody who can recover from such terrible behavior when people who keep their nose clean and are are you know arguably better people are getting overlooked and completely, uh, you know, left behind in the dust. Uh, in the, in the case of uh, YouTubers as well, like I'll always subscribe to a smaller channel, but larger channels don't need my support. Why should I even bother subscribing to them? If they, if they've said stuff like PewDiePie does, that's more of an uh, of an uh, an incentive for me to ignore them completely than to give them even the the slightest hint of a chance. Mm-hmm. You know. And, like, what's weird, too, is I think that, like, some of these games, like, we're in a position where, like, Jonathan Blow, like, that kind of bums me out. Like, it's going to make me think twice about, like, what he does in the future. But then, like, with going back to Minecraft, like, 
I, it's okay, but then when I look at like Dragon Quest Builders, and I'm like, that's basically like there there is so much borrowed from Minecraft, but I feel like it it caters more to things that I like, and I and I like I personally just from my experience with it like it better and would like to play it more and give that. I mean, a lot of that game is indebted to Minecraft, so like you almost can't like put your you can't ostrich in the sand so to speak and just be like well there are alternatives oh, because like I, alternatives... I have i have no problem uh picking up an identical product from someone that didn't uh, that isn't the same person that made it that's that's no trouble i'll take a facsimile over to the original if i knew that the people making the facsimile were were cleaner so to speak than the original i mean yeah, it. I mean, like, like I said, it gives you more peace of mind. But like, do you? It's almost like you're still, again, part of like. It's so weird what you think that you might be like if you're trying to. It's like when people don't shop at Starbucks and they decide because they don't want to support them. They don't want to support like any the anything that has to do with them because they are the capitalist corporate empire that they are. So then they go and they buy uh, Seattle's Best, not realizing that Starbucks owns Seattle's Best and mm. like runs it as Seattle's yeah. Best. That happens a lot yeah. in beer. Uh, you'll go to a store and you won't want to buy Budweiser <laughs> yeah. or Miller, and you'll buy this beer that looks like it's a craft beer. You're supporting you know small craft breweries, only to find out that Amheuser Busch bought that brewery. Um, but that's that comes down to a marketing thing. You know, it, it's, it's, you have to be educated as a consumer. And I think that the people that are really mm-hmm. educated as consumers are also educated on the people that are making this product. And they're the ones that are making the decision. Am I going to support and purchase this product or not? Because I don't necessarily believe with the person that created it or who was involved with it. Um, but it all comes back to being educated. And, you know, if you are, educated and you do the research and you find that it's not a product you want to support, you have every right not to. It's a free market. Um, but yeah, it, it's just, it, it, it's, 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 it is. And you, like, and, and there has to be I, repercussions. There has to be consequences for people portraying themselves in a certain way, you know, like I, I super had no idea about American yeah. McGee, and it wasn't until um, I read something from like Zoe Quinn just recently released her book based on her experiences mm-hmm. with Gamergate. Uh, or and like again, I've only read excerpts. I want to purchase the book and learn more about it based from what I was able to witness, just from that and just the harassment and like just the fucking shitty people who like took their time to like make videos to like just assassinate like her character in in such a harassing way um and then you like you come to find out that american mcgee was like directly involved with that and he did so in a really gross and detestable way i don't i don't have the same kind of excitement that i had for alice 3 and i and you know i enjoyed the both you and i enjoyed the alice games quite a bit and like i like how do you go and like I don't know how many people are behind, like, the development, per se. I mean, it's one of those, like, I hate the way it's marketed, but it's very much marketed, like, where it's not just Alice, it's American yeah. McGee's Alice. Yeah, his like, name he's in front very, of like, yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, I don't, 
like <laughs> you can't avoid like like you like you were saying before you can you don't want to necessarily close yourself off if it means it's at the detriment of good people who worked on it and it's a, like a product that doesn't contain the shitty message but then what do you do when it's mm-hmm. like that you know i don't know at the same breath though i mean as arthur geese is like you know talking about this the difficulty of supporting this I mean, he's also gone on record to completely refuse support of uh, The Wolf Among Us, um, where I, again, Bill Willingham, like, while it's it's a bit racy, there he hasn't done anything, I think, that, like, deserves um, my complete omission. I'm glad I gave it the shot. I'm glad you and I both yeah. gave it a shot and, like, you, you gave us what it did. I think the message I want to, like, kind of put here is, like, this is not an easy decision. But whatever decision you make, make sure that you walk yourself through whatever sort of delegation you need to. You don't make split hair decisions and you don't, whatever it is, regardless, you don't close your mind off in any aspect. But like, keep in mind that like, you you know, what is it like, which hill are you willing to die on and, and what sort of game are you willing to miss out on or miss like supporting as a result? And it's unfortunately like I, the, the purpose of this whole podcast wasn't to find you a conclusion. It was to put the question in your head and like, and for you guys to talk about it and maybe we could, we can go on more and talk about it. It's really difficult. I don't, I don't have a conclusive answer to give you. I'm going to say that I'm going to try to do what I can and make the best of it. But I just, I want to do so to make sure that it's not even a reflection of myself, but a reflection of like what sort of consequence it may have in support of ideals that I would never, ever want to benefit. And that's me. Uh, for myself, I would say that ultimately, whether you choose to support a product or not, it ultimately comes down to, for all sides, the consumer, the people that make the product, the you know person, you know the face of the product, whoever it is that's in hot water just educate learn and grow as consumers as producers as people uh this has kind of been the overall conversation we've had all night talking about you know recent events controversy you know be humble and learn from your mistakes and hope that you can grow and gain an understanding that maybe you didn't have before and same with being a consumer educate yourself you know uh i feel like sometimes i may have blindly bought or supported a product that maybe in retrospect I wouldn't have had I known about certain aspects of it. And that's, you know, because I didn't educate myself. Um, I didn't take the time. So I think that we can all benefit from that. We can all benefit from taking a little bit extra time, learning a little bit more about something and just, you know, making ourselves better people because of it. And I think that comes with the other people that have, you know, been vocal about their beliefs and, and received criticism for it. Uh, just, try to learn from the other side of things, you know, try to be understanding of why people are so offended about what's been talked about, what's been discussed and and don't just get super defensive about it. And don't, you know, like have that conversation, have that, have that back and forth about it. Don't, don't just be one-sided about it. Just, just try to be, you know, understanding of it and try to learn from it. Yeah. Don't make yourself deaf. Yeah. No, absolutely. I think nobody benefits from that. Nobody at all. And with that said, of course, uh, my take from all of this, um, it's okay to be offended. Um, I would stress, however, that if you are offended, uh, 
don't press your beliefs on others. Um, it's as I've always said, my opinions uh, are my do own. Do not reflect right? those of my employer or. <laughs> well, it's not that my, my, my opinion should never be your opinion, right? The only time my opinion should be your opinion is if your opinion naturally jives with my opinion. It's as simple as that. So if I say something, I'm never going to pressure you into thinking that you should think the same thing too. So where I will never ever buy a Minecraft product because I think uh, Notch is a dick, um, that shouldn't be your your uh, your opinion either. Like if you dig Minecraft, have at it, Hoss. But it's just not for me. I I think those are all the words we can really impart. And dude, I would love like. If anyone's got anything to say about it, please come at us because, like, this was a this was kind of a heavy topic yeah. to talk about, and like, it was one that I've been talking about doing. Um, but I really wanted to make sure that, like, it's it's out there, and like, and even then, we were just talking about game developers, but there have been faces within media recently that, and like, and we've like we've already thrown up some of those other names, but like, we. We have not talked about Nick Robinson at all, and I don't really have a lot to say other than the fact that I'm really sad. But, but for like, me personally, like, am I going to you know, maybe not enjoy the content that was made before the controversy? Like his time at Giant Bomb as an intern and his stuff that he did for Polygon and other outlets. Like I enjoyed it. I, I thought it was funny. Like the stuff he did with Griffin from uh, Polygon, I, I thoroughly enjoyed yeah, and I don't feel like I'm going to go back now and be like, you know, fuck it. Like, I enjoyed the content. It's unfortunate that the things that happened to him did happen. I just hope that maybe he'll bounce back and become a better person because of it. And if he does come out with something new, I'll I'll give it a chance. And I'll decide if I enjoy it or not based yeah. on the content and not on the person. But, that, but that's just me. So, But, like, you know, it's it's, if anything, like, Jeff Grubb had an experience. I'll end it at this, um, where he he asked himself, like, you know, at some point within the past, was I guilty of like these things that like like these things like that you I, he was completely naive to, and for an extent, I was too. Like you know, and you just kind of learn, like the the world is changing. You can be on the right side or you can be on the wrong side, but be on the side that feels right to you, but not at the expense of someone else. It's a good way to put it. Yeah. It's it's yeah, I mean that's the best way I can put it and like that's I all we can really do, really. Yep. Yeah. But anyway, will 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 we and always man. said at PAX, don't be a dick. Yeah, don't be a dick. No punching, no kicking. Don't do drugs. I love like those rules are still hold on. I'm looking at I have a PAX badge right here. I can Oh shit! Shit is falling. Um, yeah, man. No punching. No kicking. Well, actually, wow, that's on the no older cheating. badges. The newer badges, the newer badges do not have that shit anymore. Don't harass um, anyone. Don't mess with things that aren't yours. Um, but anyway, episode sure. end, man. I think I think we're yeah. I think we've uh, we've reached the end of this trail. <laughs> So you guys have just listened to Press Pause Radio episode 106. 
If you've liked what you've listened to, you can take the opportunity to subscribe to us on iTunes and go ahead and feel free to give us a review as well. Uh, we will soon also be uh, putting more and more podcasts out there on YouTube. So you will be able to uh, listen to the podcast through YouTube and especially those who are digging on YouTube Red and like hearing that, that having that background audio feature, that's perfect if you just don't like to listen to podcasts in a more convenient way because like we will, we will definitely make that available. Also, SoundCloud, uh, we're going to finish updating the feed there. Uh, and, of course, you can find everything on our website. And if I don't forget to mention it, we're also on Stitcher. So we're, there's plenty of ways to listen to the podcast, and we would definitely love – to have you guys uh, like fucking shoot us a review, shoot a subscription to the RSS feed or iTunes or at the very least even Stitcher. And we will definitely uh, deliver more and more. Um, you can also find our YouTube page at youtube.com slash the PPR broadcast where we uh, publish uh, basically quick look based uh, Let's Play videos or trailers or even special video-centric uh, podcasts, which we will uh, be prepping soon. We're, uh, again, we've been prepping video content for the last year, but it is getting there. Uh, also, we are launching the store, relaunching it through Redbubble, so that means the merch will officially be available and finally able to purchase. We've got some cool shirts. Nine years posters, in the making. <laughs> yeah, and other stuff. And, like... Anything that you purchase will go directly into the cost of uh, essentially maintaining this podcast and uh, the work that we put into not only uh, providing the podcast or doing the videos, but also a lot of the written editorial work and other stuff that we do. Because not only do we do all that, we are the home of Bullet Heaven, which is like fucking the premiere show in, in concern to shmups or anything of the like. Isn't that right, bud? Definitely the longest running anyways. Um, yeah, we've been at this for, well, we're going into our ninth series this October, so uh, Bullet Heaven is going to make its return. We're doing weekly uh, streams as well. Uh, over on YouTube, we usually do sh uh, shmups on Friday nights. We'll do other things on Twitch on Saturday at uh, 10 p.m. Uh, Atlantic, 9 p.m. Eastern, and 6 p.m. Pacific. Uh, adjust your time according to your time zone from that. Um, new episodes of Bullet Heaven are still forthcoming, though, within this series. I still have a couple more to come out this month. Um, like I said, we just did Sankonaran 2. Prior to that was Cinemora EX on the PlayStation 4. Uh, but what's really cool is that we got some great new tech to cover some other uh, subject matters, such as, uh, well, All Retro is going to be going through the uh, the incoming um, Frame Meister that we picked up, yeah. Uh, and we're we're also doing uh, unboxings and, and tech reviews, too. So we've got uh, the, uh, the Smart Boy and the HyperClick Mouse, which we got from Hyperkin. And Stone Age Gamer is uh, sending along, from what I understand, the uh, Powerbase Mini FM. So uh, get your ears ready for some interesting takes on classic Master System games, because that's going to be a pretty fun ride. Yeah, plus, uh, like, we've got some other stuff that down the line as far as, like, we're, we're going to expand just not the game reviews. We've got some hardware reviews, some other stuff coming up. Uh, there, I just reviewed uh, Final Fantasy XIV, Gad of Light. 
Um, there's a bunch of other reviews hitting the site. And also, if you haven't already, like like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and follow us on Instagram. Uh, I'm trying to make the Instagram more active. We're going to try to do some more unboxing content as well for the not only uh, YouTube, but for Instagram. And plus, like, uh, I'm going to try to get some cool social hashtags going. Uh, right now, I'm doing Who Wore It Better mm-hmm. Wednesday. So, you guys, uh, I like, got one for you later this week, then. There you go, man. Yeah. And, like, uh, it'll either be me or Sarah posting. So, fucking, you guys can check it out. But we'll be coming up with, like, some new ones uh, that you guys can just see the, the, the regional differences. I don't know. We're, we're coming up with a lot of cool stuff that we hope you guys give the time to check out. Um, and also. Uh, it is really late, but we are still... The Life is Strange podcast is still a thing that's going to be happening. Um, Life is Strange before the Storm episode 1 is out. Um, I haven't gotten a chance to play it, but I will have more to say about it by the next time we record, which actually should be pretty soon. Before so, b- before the onslaught anyway, of games come out, because that's coming up real soon. <laughs> yep. Real soon, or Juggalos. Something's going to kill us. First. It's going to be one or the other. Fuck. Straight up ride or die, homie. Oh, whoop, God. whoop. Anyway, Jesus. My name is George, and I've. I have never thought I'd ever see this day where I'd agree with a juggler. I'm toast, and uh, I've always liked Fago, so I was halfway there to begin with. I'm not going to lie. And uh, I'm the original Sarah, and I don't know much about juggalos, so. God. Eh. Wait, what, what What does Canada have? Juggalos. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Love it. <laughs>